Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. show started tonight. God bless everyone for coming out on a Friday night. I don't know of any better place you could be. Praise the Lord. That would be uh, with some brethren, sisters, and the Lord out there, and uh, you know, just come for some great fellowship, get a word from the Lord tonight, some great Bible study, teaching on spiritual warfare, hear the gospel message, hear some great music, and even have a chance to call in. We're going to open up those lines tonight. I want to give everybody else a few extra minutes to get in. And uh, I see a uh, note in the chat room. It says, uh, this song makes me think I'm in church. <laughs> me too. I'll tell you, it brings tears to my eyes because um, it brings back the uh, the church I was raised in, growing up. Go to my grandfather's church every weekend, and 
you know, the old-timey gospel songs, just like that. You don't hear those much anymore. And um, you know you were in the house of God back then. You sit down, hear those beautiful songs being sung. You know, they would start out with two or three songs and then have some announcements, and then they would come up and uh, open up in prayer. I tell you, those were the good days. As one guy said, he went into a church and he says, man, I'll tell you, I didn't even know I was in church. I thought I was in a theater. Well, folks, fortunately, there are still some that are carrying the torch, even in this late hour of the end times. And there are some churches out there that are still going according to the Word of God and uh, have not changed, have not uh, compromised and said, you know what, we've got to uh, change with the times and we've got to bring some stuff in, otherwise the, the people will not come in. Folks, if there's only ten people that come in, and that's who the Lord wants to come in, and you're preaching the Word of God, then so be it. I would rather be in a church with ten or twenty-five or a hundred, and the Word of God is being preached, than be in a mega coliseum, where all you've got up on the stage is a motivational speaker that wants to teach you how to be a better you, that has no idea what time it is, that doesn't preach about hell, that doesn't preach about the blood of Jesus. That if you were to come up and ask for prayer and say, I, I'm being tormented by evil spirits, Pastor, can you pray for me? You'd go up in many of these churches and they'd say, you know, we don't have time for that. Uh, but I will give you the phone number of um, a shrink or a psychologist. Go see them. They'll put you on some meds. I mean, that's what basically it's come down to in a lot of churches. They'll run you out in some cases. But I don't want to start off negative. It's just, uh, I agree, brother. It does make you cry when you hear the songs like that that uh, we haven't heard in a long time. I will tell you one place, though, you can hear music like that all the time, and that is Hagewish Baptist Church. They have not departed from the faith. They still sing the beautiful songs over there. They won't change and compromise and allow air to creep in. It could come into the music, too. And um, we're going to have Pastor Michael Theron tonight. He's pastor of Hagewish Baptist Church, the Citadel for Deliverance in America. HBCDelivers.org is their main website, one of the original homes of Pastor Wynn Worley, one of the great deliverance pioneers. Uh, that was him who was singing in the uh, the opening songs. I took that from uh, a couple of the audios that uh, Pastor Michael allowed us to play. And, uh, you know, I was listening to it, and I said, hey, that would make for some great entry music. Um, a thousand times better than the stuff that we have to choose from currently. So praise God for... Uh, for the ministry of Hegelish, Pastor Michael Thier, Wynn Worley. Uh, folks, don't forget to check my favorite bookstore of all time, wrwpublications.com. They've got hundreds of hours of video, DVD, CD, books, stuff that you need to know how to fight in this end-time battle that we've all found ourselves in. Well, this, is, again, is a live program. I'm going to get Pastor Michael on the phone, and uh, we're going to be opening up the lines probably in the second hour or so. If you need prayer tonight, you need deliverance, you'd like to share a testimony of what the Lord's done for you, maybe you have a question, just a question about anything pertaining to the gospel, deliverance, whatever, we'll put you on the line with Pastor Michael Thier. We'd love to talk to you tonight. And uh, the call-in number is the uh, same as always, 917-889-2745. Well, without further ado, I see our chat room filling up. Praise God. Welcoming you all in tonight. Let's get Pastor Michael on. Stand by. Pastor Michael, how are you tonight, brother? Hey, good evening, Shannon. I'm real good. How are you? Brother, praise God. God bless you. Would you open up tonight in prayer? I sure would. I'd love to, Shannon. Father, 
thank you so much that you, in this last day, Lord, have provided and made a way for us to uh, fellowship together, Lord, thousands of miles apart uh, from, uh, from each other, yet being able to be one in spirit, one in heart, one in mind, Father, as we visit and fellowship with you tonight. Father, we invite you, Lord Jesus, we invite you into our lives tonight, into this program, Father, into everything that we're going to be doing here tonight so that we can have our minds focused totally on you and the things that you have for us. We ask that you would bless us tonight with eyes to see, ears that would hear, and a heart that would understand the truth of your word. We bind the strong man. We bind, cast down every one of Satan's strongholds, every demonic spirit, every evil entity or demon himself that would try and hinder uh, this program, this show, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we ask, Father, that uh, you would send forth your angels to drag out of our lives, out of our homes, uh, out of our computers, out of anything where the devil may try and cause a problem tonight, anything that would distract us or to take us away from the truth that you have for us. Father, we ask that you would, uh, uh, that your engrafted word would go deep into our hearts tonight, converting, convicting, and encouraging us in all those areas that we need it. Father, bless Shannon for for his perseverance in keeping this program going. All of us, Father, so that we can learn the things that you have for us, Lord, as you prepare us uh, to be end-time warriors, Father, not, not offensively uh, in, in physical means, Father, but offensively in the spirit uh, so that we can do what the Apostle Paul told us to do, put our prayers into the heavenly, in the heavenlies, binding and loosing, Father, the principalities and powers, the, uh, the darkness of this world, uh, spiritual wickedness in high places, that's what you're calling us to do, Father. We want to be obedient to that. Feed us and lead us and guide us tonight, by and through your word and the Holy Spirit, Father. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all the brothers and sisters said, amen. 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 Hey, Pastor Michael, did you ever think you would see a day where deliverance would become popular? <laughs> no, not at all, especially especially in the early days, Shannon. I, I have to admit, you know, this is it's just a thought from my own head, but Pastor Roy would warn. And, you know, when he when he gave warnings, you know, it was a time that, you know, if you were sitting there in the church and, you know, maybe your eyes was wandering to a scripture on the wall or, uh, you know, maybe that evil thought would come, you know, where am I going to go to eat after the service with everybody? Uh, you know, when he'd give that warning, you know, you'd always kind of perk up. And every time he said, you know, beware of the day when deliverance becomes popular, I mean, we just, I laughed, you know, within myself. I thought, well, that day's never going to come because, you know, it, it was very unpopular back, you know, in the pioneer days. But now, actually, it has become popular. And what's happened is the old devil out there, he's as slick as he can be. Uh, if he can't beat you, he'll join you. And that's that's when the real, real, pro the real problems, you know, they weren't in, you know, the days of, of when nobody believed. They're now because people believe in so many different doctrines um, in addition to deliverance. And uh, so, and you know, Shannon, I think one of the main reasons the devil would do this is, of course, to discredit the ministry. And there's enough out there now that uh, that will discredit the deliverance ministry. Uh, they call themselves deliverance ministers. That's why in our bookstore, uh, our bookroom in, in the church, uh, I don't carry material by some deliverance teachers because there's too much error in them. And if people were to read the deliverance stuff, they'd think the error would be okay too and i would be i would be responsible for you know that book getting into that person's hands and so there are just some books that that we won't carry and there're probably some 
teachings in some of those books that would be decent. Uh, in fact, there's a, one book, I, I won't mention the name of it, but uh, it's a book by a man who literally gives credit to Pastor Worley, and that, those books are far and few between. Because, see, a lot of people, they loved the ministry or the, you know, the, the teachings that Pastor Worley taught, but they, he was just too strict for them. He was too staunch. Uh, and so they then, you know, wanted to do, th- you know, they were going to, they were going to deliverance, but they were going to do it their own way. And of course, you know, most of those people aren't even in the ministry today. Uh, but with that book where he gave credit to Pastor Worley, there's some error in there. It, it teaches about that, that, uh, what's known as the fourth wave, uh, in Christianity, you know, that the, the visualiza- visualization people. Um, and the, you know, the book, in and of itself is a good book, except for a couple chapters in there. Uh, so we don't carry that one. But uh, we also we we do carry books by people who hate us, who who think that you know we're, we're the devil themselves, just about. Uh, but their books are timely, their teachings are right, and so you know we just want to keep the truth for where it is. And one more one more quick thing, you know, it's like it's like you said at the beginning, opening up the show. And by the way, Shannon, thank you for those two songs. Um, you know, I, all these songs are favorites of mine here at the church. Um, you know, I See Stephen has got to be one of the top two or three best songs uh, that Pastor Worley sang because the truth that's in those songs and, and how with with a heart that Pastor Worley had to sing those, um, you just knew. I mean, those songs could just cut through any of the demonic in your life. Uh, you know, the Lord... Uh, the Lord is in so much music, and of course, the devil's in a lot of other. So uh, I said all that uh, to just uh, mention to you that one thing, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, that uh, I am uh, determined to do, and it will be uh, to my uh, dying breath, is I will keep the error, the false doctrine, and the world out of the Hegwish Baptist Church. You know, people have called us stodgy boring, you know, old-fashioned, and they can say what they want about us. But one thing you won't find here is the world. The, 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 church, the church that I'm pastoring, but any church, should be a place. There's got to be one place on this earth, Shannon. There's got to be one place, should be two at least, our homes, but there's got to be one place where people can go and not be, not be infected by the world system. Praise you God. Can, you can come to the Hagwich Baptist Church, say, and you can come safely knowing that, number one, I'll never put a bite on you for a dollar. Amen. I, I, I'll, your money is your money. You don't have to guard your pocketbook here because I'll never ask you for anything. Number two, you'll, you're, you, you'll hear music that will bless your spirit. It will uplift you in the Lord. It won't move your feet or make you lose your seat. Well, you might make you lose your seat in excitement, uh, <laughs> but you'll just hear you'll just hear the word the words and, and music of songs that touch our heart. You'll get a message that is centered around God's word and not my opinion, and then we'll open up the church to pray for you. And that's all we ask is that is that you give us an opportunity to pray for you. We're not asking for anything else. We feel if we do the Lord's work, He'll take care of everything else. And and so far He's done that. Our doors are still open. Uh, uh, amidst everything that the devil's tried to do. And it's because he has very little, wherever he has place in the church, it's it's got to be a small place because we just don't allow him in. Amen. You know, uh, Pastor Thera, as I have uh, gotten involved in the deliverance ministry, 
I'm hearing more and more out there, you know, that uh, it's getting popular. I mean, you uh, you see the advertisement for the movie trailers. You know, they had yeah. one last year called The Last Exorcist, mm-hmm. <laughs> or The Last Exorcism. Um, they have the paranormal movies. People flock to these. They just had the movie called The Right with Anthony Hopkins. Uh, it's supposed to be the story um, as told by Michael Cuneo. I think he's written a number of the books, uh, done a lot of... Um, Interviews with some of the, the Vatican exorcists like uh, Don Gabriel Amorth. I think he's the, the chief exorcist there for the Vatican. And uh, very interesting um, movie. Of course, I I wanted to stay, kind of keep a pulse on what's going on. So I went over to Google a few weeks ago, and I signed up for Google Alerts. And I said, I want to get a, a daily email with anything that's popping up on the radar for the words exorcism, demons, or deliverance. And sure enough, I'm getting emails every day. Uh, there's another movie coming out. It's going to be with Jeff Bridges, uh, the, the man who just uh, made that movie. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that one, yeah. Tron, and I'm thinking, Jeff Bridges? I said, they're not stopping. It wasn't just like, you know, let's make a remake of The Exorcist. No, they, they seem to be coming with one after the next. Uh, remember that famous case about that girl in Germany in the 70s? Her name was Annalise. Uh, yeah. Okay, so for those of you who don't know her, it was a, a girl... Uh, raised up, normal normal German girl. She's in school. As the story goes, uh, she had sex, I guess, in college, and uh, some transference of demons, and she came home, and she was demon-possessed, and it got so bad that, I mean, she wouldn't eat. She was eating her own feces. Excuse me for being mm-hmm. graphic. Some really wicked stuff was going on. Uh, and they, it was, a, it was a real famous case. They had exorcists coming in there from the Vatican, and... Uh, she dies, and um, real, real sad story. Uh, basically, she died of um, starvation. She wouldn't eat. The demons just kept her from drinking and eating. Well, the uh, reason I only mentioned that, that was a very famous case. Now, lo and behold, there's someone that claims to have gotten the original videos of that, and they put together a movie. And I, I think huh. it's nothing more than one of these uh, like Blair Witch projects. You know, it's uh, it's like a uh, it's supposed to be like a shockumentary. And I don't even believe it's the actual footage, but I just see one example after the next. Things are getting kind of uh, um, famous for delivery. It's getting popular, what I mean to say. Well, I said, so who's out there really doing deliverance ministry? And I, I read some articles from the Vatican, and you know they don't claim to have a lot of uh, exorcists. Um, in fact, it got so bad that apparently there was 500,000 requests for deliverance, and they didn't have the people to do them, so... You probably heard the news. The Vatican called a uh, closed-door meeting, and they said, we want to have, within the next 12 months, an exorcist in every city in America uh, that at least yeah. you know a person can go to. And uh, even that, they say that uh, if you're busy, um, maybe you're doing 25 to 30 deliverances per, per year. And I said, man, is that all they're doing? I said, y'all can yeah. be doing it in a month or a week over at Hegwish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, the different ministers that are doing the phone deliverance now, some of them do five deliverances in a day. I'm saying, God have mercy. If that's uh, as fast as they're out there doing it, um, how are we going to win the battle against the host of hell? I, I guess I still yeah. say this, that there's a shortage out there, folks, and it shouldn't be that way, because Jesus called us all as Christians to get into the deliverance ministry. And, uh, you know, it's like the, the field is white and the, the workers are few. And so let that not be the case. Um we need to learn about deliverance and go out there and do what Jesus did. 
Well, I'll tell you, Shannon, in my opinion, uh, you know, to see all these things that are now popping up, you know, for years we've had uh, Hollywood um, trying to, uh, especially with the younger people today, who are now, many of them are now, you know, young adults um, over the years, that um, to pacify them, to uh, to show them, you know, somebody in Hollywood uh, is seeing some of these creatures that they're designing, you know, for, for these movies that they have out there. And I believe this is how some of the demons look, you know, when you see oh, the yeah. alien, the alien Wicked. type movies. Yeah, and uh, it, it's also to to make us not as afraid, uh, make some people, excuse me, uh, not as afraid of these things because uh, there's going to be an interaction with the uh, with the hosts of hell, uh, with with some humans. Uh, well, I think it's even started now, uh, but the more and more that the restraining power of the Holy Spirit is going to be taken away from the earth, the more that, that Satan and the demons are taking over. That's what we see today. We see, you know, a demonic uh, influence uh, into so much stuff. You know, 25, 30 years ago, when I, well, when I first came to Hagwish, when, uh, you know, in the early days, you know, when Pastor Rover was still pioneering all this stuff, um, you know, when you mentioned the word occult, you know, you, you were talking about either somebody who was, you know, deep uh, into witchcraft or, you know, these these psychics that would use, you know, coffee leaves or, or tea leaves and coffee grounds and, you know, a pinch of, pinch, of salt, pinch of salt, you know, over your shoulder or, or you know, whatever, you know, hoodoo that, that people were coming up with. But now, today, when you use the word occult, you could be talking about teachings that are in churches. Uh, you could talk about music that's coming out of churches. It's phenomenal how how widespread the occult is and how ignorant God's people are of the occult. And, you know, you mentioned Michael Cuneo, and I have a lot of respect for Michael. Uh, I met him, I interviewed with him for uh, his book that he did a few years back on uh, American Exorcism. Cool. What I, what I appreciate, about, appreciate about Michael is that, uh, you know, he he didn't write the book to confirm deliverance, uh, he wrote the book more to expose it and to expose, uh, I think, a lot of the wrong, not that he knew what the right was, but th- that this is what the church is doing today. And I think he felt that more f- uh, from a psychological standpoint was where the real answer was. But he gave us a fair shake. I appreciate that about Michael. And, and uh, it, it was uh, I spent several hours with him, actually. Maybe uh, he was out here at Hagwish, and then he followed us out to... Uh, to a workshop out of John Gogan's, I believe, the next week. We had Michael in there holding legs and arms really? in deliverances, <laughs> and you know we got him right. We got him right into the battle, uh, and I think it was very interesting for him. He he could see our sincerity, whether he believed it or not. You know, I, I can't really say, but he did give us a fair shake in his book, uh, and I I appreciate that. I haven't seen that movie with uh, Michael Hopkins, and uh, if Michael Cuneo was involved, I'd like to take a look at that. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm selective what I watch these days because that, that oh, was man. a major weakness in my past. But uh, I did see the movie. It was a clean movie. And um, I, I think it, uh, it it really showed a, a positive side uh, about deliverance. Of course, uh, I will tell you, folks, those uh, Vatican exorcists are not hardcore, not like the group at Hegelish. Um, You know, they, they have the, the rudiments of it. But um, you know what? Um, if they're doing only you know five to thirty a year, uh, that tells me they're not in it uh, 
doing a lot of damage to the host of hell, folks, because um, I've seen that happen in one day. But um, I praise God for the, the the deliverance ministry is still going in the United States, and I uh, attribute that to uh, Hegelish Church keeping the, the the light on over there. And um, it's amazing stuff uh, to see what's going on out there and see the uh, the interest in deliverance. Now, I had a sister up on Facebook, Sister Tamara, alerted me to um, this posting up on Facebook. It's the brother of Nicolas Cage, the actor. Hmm. Guy name is Christopher Coppola. And she says uh, he needs some deliverance. He's talking about a demon that's manifesting. I said, uh-oh, this would be kind of a cool opportunity. Maybe we could break into the Hollywood and see someone set free and uh, open the door to do some more deliverance over there. And so uh, I jumped on the opportunity. I go over to his Facebook page. Sure enough, uh, the man is saying that uh, I want you to look at a video. Uh, I manifest every once in a while. He huh. said it's my demons. And I said, well, there you go. What? Look at that. He, he knows demons are real. He says, yes, my demon is called the Marshmallow Man. He's got a name for it. <laughs> and he says, the Marshmallow Man manifests. And uh, I, I was going to a meeting or something or a luncheon, and all of a sudden it manifests, and they caught it on tape. And um, I said, hey, this is great. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm rubbing my hands together. I said, I'm going to call this guy, and we're going to go after it. I'll get a couple brothers on there. And, um, of course, uh, he writes me back. I post on his wall. I said, uh, brother, you know, you can be set free of that thing. In Jesus' name, you don't have to be tormented. And, uh, he doesn't want to, does he? He writes back and says, well, you know, I kind of like the Marshmallow Man. He kind of adds uh-huh. something to personality. <laughs> he says, it's sort of like Vincent Van Gogh, you know. Some of his eccentricity, some of his demons contributed to his art. And he says, you know, you've got to go through hell to get heaven. And, <laughs> and I said, God, help me. I said, man, listen, that, that Marshmallow Man wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Don't be fooled. And, you know, I got to thinking, you know, if someone doesn't want to get rid of the demons... Pretty much they're going to be keeping them, aren't they? You bet. And uh, so all I could do was plant a seed, and I said, well, I would challenge you to look at this uh, mass deliverance video up on Hegwish Baptist Church. I put a link up there on this page, and I said I would challenge you to sit through it for one hour. Now, if Marshall Man starts to manifest and you need help, we're only a call away. We'll cast him out in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And, you so, know, and, and that's, the there's so much truth in what you just said. There are a lot of people today... They don't realize it. Now, he realized it was a demon, okay? But a lot of people don't realize that, that you know, these things that happen to them when they, when they allow themselves to get into a certain situation through drinking, through drugs, through chanting, through some type of, of you know, meditation or whatever avenue or vehicle uh, the devil's offering that person, you know, they start to... Um, get into this, what the you know, better word would be the esoteric maybe um, uh, type of things that, that are out there, and they start dabbling with demons. And some know that it's demons. Some know it's just, it's not human. But the demons try and make friends with them. You know, we have a, we have a brother and sister that come from uh, um, down south in Indiana, visit us every once in a while. Uh, and uh, this, he had fellowship with demons uh, for quite a while, and as long as they did, or as long as he did what they wanted him to do, um, you know, it was all nicey nice above board. But they kept pushing him little by little, you know, to do more and more. And he started to balk, and so they started to reveal who they were. And it, you know, he has paid hell, and, and he has done just 
just, I mean, this problem that has opened up into his life, you know, because he's been playing around with the demons, has caused him a lot of problems. And, you know, the scripture says, you know, you can't take fire into your bosom and not be burned. That's right. And, and that's what that's what happens with with a lot of people. And just just a quick note on these Catholic exorcists out there, you know, Shannon, I I, I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't trust them uh, with anything, only for the simple fact that you know, it's number one, it's the children's bread, and for the yes. most part, you know, all of those Catholics, they're not even saved to begin with. Now, you know, they may get they may get the message out, or or the more the Lord may allow them to. You know, for somebody to look at this stuff and, you know, say, well, there's got to be something out there for me. Uh, but I'd beware of those Catholic exorcists because they themselves are the servants of corruption. You know, over in First Peter one twenty, you know, they, they promise liberty, uh, but they themselves are the servants of corruption because they don't even know the Lord. I, I well, don't know, you know how, why, the Lord, why the Lord would even hear their prayers, but maybe the word might get out through them that, you know, that exorcism is true. Well, absolutely. Absolutely, folks. So anytime you pray to dead people, that's necromancy, isn't it, Pastor Michael? Yes, it is. Yeah. And praying to dead saints, praying to Mary, folks, she's dead. She was she was his mother. Praise God for her. That she Godly was a woman. Mother. But uh, we're not to pray to her. We're not to go uh, ask a, a priest to forgive us of our sins. That comes through the Lord Jesus Christ to him only. And we don't have to have an intermediary between us and Christ. We get on our knees, repent of our sins, and Jesus is faithful and just forgive us of our sins. But uh, they're engaging in necromancy, divination. Um, they've got um, idols in the home in the form of these um, Catholic candles, the rosary bead. You have cast demons out before called rosary bead, haven't you? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, Amen. Uh, There's lots of them out there. Amen. Now... Uh, maybe the word doesn't go out void in their case, so if they're getting some results, or I don't know how much results they're getting. They didn't get much with Annalise. She ends up dying. Uh, but at any rate, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, they claim yeah. to be the only ones that are authorized to to do deliverance, and, and they themselves say, well, you know, maybe we get 25 to 30 deliverances done a year. Good grief. At any rate, uh, segue here. Brother, uh, what's the Lord put on your heart for tonight? Well, I'd love to uh, teach, talk, and visit uh, with the people that are uh, listening tonight uh, on the doctrine or teachings of binding and loosing. Oh, my favorite uh, subject. The, the microphone is yours. Hey, Shannon. Thanks, brother. Um, brothers and sisters, this teaching, this, uh, this visiting that I'd like to do with you tonight through the scriptures uh, is going to show that uh, binding and loosing, or what we call binding and loosing, uh, is truly the heart of God. And not only is it the heart of God, it, it is characteristic and, 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 an, and it's characteristic of Jesus Christ and it's an attribute of Him. This is something that, that the whole church, you know, should be doing. Uh, and when I, when I'm talking about the doctrine of, I'm talking about the, the principles of, of what happens as we bind as we loose, you know, what, what does that really mean? Uh, and so I want to go into that tonight, and you were going to find it chalked throughout Scripture. Uh, we're going to find a lot of it also uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, and with no, no further ado, we'll get right into this and move it along uh, as quick as possible, yet without, you know, leaving, you know, there's an old saying in the church that you can only go as fast as the slowest man, because uh, we don't leave our dead uh, on the battlefield. Uh, so, you know, we'll take this slow enough, but we need to move it on because there's uh, a lot of scriptures. 
you know, we find over in Isaiah 61.1, which, of course, you know, is the famous prophecy of our coming Savior. Uh, and it says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, uh, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up, it means to tie, to bind, uh, to saddle, to restrain or to wrap, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, uh, in the Hebrew it means freedom, to the captives, the opening, that means loosing, of the, pri- of the um, loosening of the prison to them that are bound, uh, to proclaim, in verse 2, the acceptable year of the Lord, uh, and the day of vengeance of God, and to comfort all that mourn. Now we see that fulfilled uh, in Luke chapter 4. Very interesting, if you, if you turn there real quick, if you have your Bibles with you. Luke chapter 4. Uh, starting in, well, yeah, we're going to start over in verse 18. Luke says, the Spirit of the Lord, Je- Jesus says in the here, he says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal, means to make whole, in reference to our fragmented souls, to heal the broken-hearted, uh, uh, and the broken-hearted means uh, those that are broken in pieces or shattered, once again, a reference to the fragmented soul. To preach deliverance, it means the loosing from bondage or imprisonment of, to the captives and the recovering of the, uh, of the sight to the blind. To set at liberty those that are bruised, it means those that are crushed, um, it, over in, in verse 19. To preach uh, the acceptable uh, year of the Lord. And he then closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and he sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue, were fasted on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Or as the Michael Thier translation would say, Today this scripture has become a reality in your life. And, and brothers and sisters, we can have this this prophecy, this, this liberty that's talking about, is again, being uh, talking about loosing uh, in the New Testament, and there are things that God wants to bind up. There are things that he wants to loose uh, in our lives. And we're going to see this throughout all of Scripture. So this isn't just a deliverance doctrine, or if, you know, for those that are in the deliverance ministry, uh, or, or a charismaniac doctrine. This, this is the heart of God. And having a, having a better, mature, or more perfect understanding of binding and loosing will open up doors in our lives to go to places with the Lord that many others will never go to. See, we, it's, a, it's like casting out demons. You know, people say, well, you know, why do you do that? Well, because the scripture says that those that believe in my name, Jesus said, shall cast out devils. That's why we do it, because we believe. So ask them why they don't do it, because they don't believe. I mean, it's, it's that simple. Brothers and sisters, do, do we realize, because I don't think we do, I don't even think I even come close to it, that when... In the scripture, when it says that, you know, we have a simple Lord, we really do. We have a very simple gospel. In fact, our gospel is so simple, it's ridiculous. All we have to do is believe to see. And if we'll do that, we will. If we know the Word of God, if we know that, that, um, you know, all these things, the, you know, the, the, uh, seven spirits of God, you know, the spirit of the Lord, 
wisdom and understanding, counsel, might knowledge, and fear of the Lord, and the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, faith, goodness, temperance, meekness. You know, when we have those things in their proper place in our lives, you know, and we believe in the Word of God, we will see. Now, it doesn't say that we're going to like what we see. It doesn't even say we're going to be in agreement with what we see. But when we, if we believe the Word of God, we will see God move in a way that He will reveal Himself to us. And we need to, we need to hook on to these truths. Uh, as I mentioned uh, in last week's message, there, were, there are no shortcuts here. If, if I could find a shortcut, I'd pass it on to you in a heartbeat. And I guess if you find a shortcut, you can pass it on to me. But, you know, I have found nothing in 30 years of reading the Word of God that, that makes me different, better, uh, than any other Christian. I go down the same road that everybody else does. And, and you know, the story of the, ten, of the, of the talents, you know, uh, these people. You know, well, let, me, let me mention this. Do you want a good handle on what's going on with this union problem in the world today? Uh, you know, over in Wisconsin. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, now, brothers and sisters, I want to know that if, there's, if there's a union man listening, it, it's not the rank and file. It's not you. It's your bosses. And if you take a close look at them, if you take a close look at what's going on, you know, you'd see the evil. But what I want to say here is that people, people have no right to strike when they work for a company. Now, listen, I, I've been a union man, and I've worked in a, and then I, was a, uh, then I was a foreman where I was not a union man in, in the same company. So I worked both sides of it. And I understand, and I understand that companies can be bad to people. They can deal from the bottom of the deck, and there are laws that can take care of that. But when you strike, you violate the Word of God, because we, we have the parable of the talents, where the one, well, the one, the three, and the five, or the one, the two, and the five uh, were given out. Now, I'm sorry, not the talents, the, um, um, the man who uh, went out and he hired all day, he, uh, these people came they, and they said, you know, we'd like to work in your field. And the Lord said, here, you know, I'll pay you a penny. And they said, no problem. Well, towards the end of the day, another guy came uh, and he worked and he was paid the same amount. And the two guys that had been working there longer went to, their, went to the, the guy who, was, uh, who owned the farm. And he says, you know, what are you doing? He says, you're giving this guy the same amount of money as you gave us. He said, he said we worked a lot harder than him. And the owner said something very interesting. He says, don't I have a right to do with what is mine what I want to? Well, these companies don't belong to us. We agree when we sign a piece of paper and thank God for, you know, for several days after that we've got a job, we then hook up and we strike and we go against the very principles of what, of what brought us to the company to, to begin with, to, you know, to get hired on. And just think about that, because these places are not ours. And, you know, the company may be rotten, and there's a lot of things around there that may be rotten, but that's not our business. Amen. Our business, our business is to work unto the Lord, and it says even if our masters, you know, if we're even to be more circumspect if we have masters, if we have bosses that don't know the Lord. Why? Because it is our testimony our, our, our manner of conversation, the King James says, the manner of conversation is not just the words of our mouth. It's the demonstration of Christ living in our lives. And, and we don't enter into these other problems that other people would cause at our job. And bosses will notice that. 
and they'll see the light of Christ in your life without knowing what it is. And and that's that's one of the ways that we can, you know, it's an easier way to win people over. Um, but just, just keep that in mind, because when we sign that piece of paper, we are making an agreement to work for the money those people are offering us. And I know we all deserve more money. I know that it would be nice to have a pocket full of money. But that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about our agreement, because you are breaking your agreement, and you are now lying, and you, you are deceiving when you, when you go on strike. Just, just, just contemplate that a little bit. Okay, hey, listen, we're going to move on with the binding and loosing. Amen. Uh, and, you know, over that's, in, that's, a, that's a good point you made, Pastor Michael. I mean, I've seen that verse, and it talks about the, the person that uh, came in at the first, got paid the same wages as the last. Well, they made the agreement with the master, did they not? Amen. That means we need to keep our word, folks. If we're going to make an oath, we need to keep it. If we're, if we're going to break our oath, it would be better we didn't make it to begin with. Amen. Thank you, Shannon. That's exactly what the Word of God says. And I know this sits bad because there are a lot of companies out there that take advantage of us. But no matter how much they take advantage of us, the Lord can make up those those disadvantages in our lives in a heartbeat. Oh, amen, brother. Amen. Uh, we just we just got to do the right things, folks. And uh, God will take care of the uh, the in betweens. Amen. Um, let me give it back to you, brother. Amen, brother. Thanks. Um, okay, now uh, we were over in um, Luke four twenty uh, four eighteen through twenty one, uh, and so you know Jesus said in verse twenty one that this day the scriptures you know has become re- a reality uh, in your life. And brothers and sisters, we have this same reality now that we're hooked on to the living Son of God. Now, real quick, over in First John three eight, I want to talk about just a couple of principles here before we move into the Old Testament uh, of of when we start to understand um, Luke 4, 20, 4, 18 through 21, or, or the prophecy given in Isaiah 61, 1, uh, about Jesus Christ and about what he means to us now and what he is to us now, uh, we're going to see this doctrine of binding and loosing very clearly in, in many places that can be applied in our lives uh, and, and also in the lives of others. Uh, but in 1 John 3, 8, uh, John says, you know, for this reason was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy. You look up that word destroy, um, in the Greek it comes out of the, um, let me see, that's verse 8, I just had it here, where is it in verse 8, for this purpose, Son of God, uh, he might destroy. It's 3089, uh, luo is the Greek word, and it means to loose, or to loosen, to destroy, to break up. Uh, and so, uh, with this purpose, for the Son of God was manifested, he might destroy, he might loose or break up the works of the devil. So right there, it, just in the very being of Christ, when we're talking about things that are demonic, when we're, thinking about, when we're talking about things that are of the devil, either, either we're noticing it in our life or the lives of others, this reason that the Son of God was manifested, that he might loose or be- break up, destroy the works of the devil so right there we've got we've got uh it's characteristic of jesus to do this and uh the attributes that he has within himself that he imparts unto us when we become when he becomes um our lord and savior we then inherit these things and we now to go we are to now go and do forth uh likewise now over in, uh in john 8 t- uh, 12 uh, Jesus was speaking again, and he said, he said, I am the light 
of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And because the, the character of Jesus is about loosing or breaking up the works of the devil, uh, when we walk in light, we do that. We do that in our life. Uh, you know, it says that um, um, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He that, he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. We now have the light of life in our lives. When we walk according to the Spirit, that light of life just lights up where we go. And people look. We will always look at light. If you, no matter in what situation we're in, we're always, we're always drawn to light. Because it's comfortable. We, we see better with it. We understand. Because, you know, things we don't understand, we fear. And we, so we don't like to fear. You know, so we like to have a better understanding. So when we're walking in the Spirit, we have the light of life. And that light of life, which is Jesus Christ, automatically comes out of us. We don't have to put on our Christianity like a garment. You know, we don't have to become a holy roller or a religious person. Brothers and sisters, I just want you to know, I, I run from religious people. I run from the holy rollers because I don't want anything to do with them. You know, they're putting on their Christianity, and you can't, we can't put on Christianity. We need, to, we need to let it come from the inside out, and then people start to notice this difference. Um, in, in John eight thirty six, a few verses later, Jesus said, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, just because Jesus made us free doesn't mean that we walk in total freedom. We have to walk according to his word, the truth of his word. And again, these are, these are things that when we do this, we're going to see this truth of binding and loosing in our lives. In fact, many people who wouldn't believe in you know, the deliverance ministry or the things that we would teach concerning binding and loosing have this truth in them also. And they could use this truth in their lives, and here they are, they fight against something that is already a truth or, or an attribute in their lives. It's just waiting. You know, Peter says that he's given us, that Jesus has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And we have everything within ourselves because Jesus Christ lives on the inside of us and the kingdom of God resides on the inside of us. So we have everything at hand to take care of whatever problem that we are going to get into or to be able to help somebody out of living right within, right within us. It's, it's dormant. All, many of these things are just dormant waiting on us. Okay, <clears throat> real quick. We're going to finish up, uh, and then we're going to go in the Old Testament here for a minute. Uh, we're going to finish up in Mark uh, 16, verse 19. Uh, these are this is the story. This is where Jesus. It's not a story. It's actually Jesus is telling us about um, uh, who he is, and the key, it's, uh, this is where we get our, our teaching on the keys of the kingdom. Uh, and we uh, we have also uh, we have uh, the keys of the kingdom working you know, within us, if we allow them, for ourselves and for others. And this is very, very important. In fact, I think we're going to back up here just a verse or two. Let me, let me get over to um, Matthew 16. While you're looking that up, uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, we've got Pastor Michael Thier on tonight. This is Omega Man Radio. Pastor Michael Thier is pastor of Hegelish Baptist Church in Highland, Indiana. Website is hbcdelivers.org. Also, be sure and check out wrwpublications.com. Pastor Michael, uh, before we continue, I do want you to make an announcement, if you would. Uh, would you please give out the dates on the upcoming 
Deliverance Workshop. Amen. Amen. We've got a uh, family conference that's coming up here at the church um, uh, April 14th uh, through the 17th. And uh, we're, we're on the south side of Chicago, just right, out, right across the uh, Illinois-Indiana line in what's called Northwest Indiana. Uh, we're in Highland, Indiana. It's, it's very easy to get to. Uh, we're an in-town church, nice and, nice and homey. And um, plenty of pl- uh, plenty of places for people to come and and be comfortable. Uh, our building is uh, very uh, characteristic of an old time church. That uh, our walls are covered with scripture, and uh, it, we've got a lot of a lot of interesting things going on during our conference. Uh, oh yeah, you can you know before the conference starts during the day, you can come and visit and view old. Uh, old messages or older type messages from the uh, brothers that uh, have taught before. We've got Pastor Worley and myself, and many others uh, that are teaching uh, through our uh, through our videos. Uh, we have a book room that that's open most of the time uh, that has a, a plethora of material, and I'm getting new stuff all the time. We've got some new stuff that's going to be going up on the website here pretty quick um, that we can read. Good reference books that we can have in our homes, uh, books like War on the Saints. Uh, we carry the uh, the original unabridged edition, and uh, <clears throat> you know I talked with uh, John Phillips, and uh, he's the um, publisher of War on the Saints now. And this was a while back when I when I talked to him. He said his, that last printing they did for War on the Saints was um, um, they not only fought him. He says it's usually a, a real spiritual battle uh, to keep it in print. He said, but this time it was there was a physical opposition also to keeping that book in print. Uh, that, that book uh, called War on the Saints uh, is the cat's meow. Pastor Worley, as a Southern Baptist, now you know Southern Baptists wouldn't touch the book War on the Saints if if you know you, if you had a gun to their head. They, they'd just call it heresy or, or whatever. But as a Southern Baptist preacher, Pastor Worley read that book nine times. Wow! Not knowing not knowing what he was going to be getting himself into. And Pastor Roy told me early on, or he told me that early on in his ministry, you know, where, when he didn't know about deliverance, he was just a Southern Baptist preacher, and he would be preaching in these, uh, these, small, these small churches in West Texas. And uh, uh, he said, you know, he, he didn't have any problem believing in demons because he was able to see that, you know, the change in people or, you know, the characteristic change, that it wasn't really them uh, you know, there were you know when he was pastoring the churches, he just didn't know what to do with them. So he always was able to recognize he didn't have a problem with with demons having Christians, uh, but you know he really didn't know what to do with them. And then the Lord put that book into his hand, and he said he read that nine times. I've never read it. I don't know anybody that's read it twice. Wow! And uh, nine times. Uh, may, maybe somebody you know maybe somebody's not read it twice, but uh, yeah, he he uh, is in his words he cut his teeth on the ministry uh, on this book called War on the Saints. So uh, I'd like to suggest that uh, for anybody. And I'm telling you, this is a book that comes out of the Welsh Revival. Uh, it, it was written, it was penned by Jesse Penn Lewis, but it was written by Evan Roberts, who was right smack dab in the middle of that Welsh Revival. Uh, and he shows, you know, how demons, uh, because of his experience in this revival, you notice how revivals come and go. Yeah, well, it's it's like churches or, or any other works of God throughout throughout the time uh, is that you know the Lord blesses something 
but then the devil comes and he unblesses it or he he infiltrates it and that's all that happened to the revival is what happened to all the other revivals that the is that the devil just creeps in there and then you know when the devil creeps in and people don't get them out throw them out cast them out you know get them out of their lives well then they take over and remember the lord's a gentleman you know, the Lord's only going to go where we invite Him, and we're not going to we're not going to eat at the at the table of the Lord and the table of devils. The Lord's going to say, "Excuse me," you know, because the Lord's not going to sit there with devils. And if when we invite devils into our lives, the Holy Spirit he he doesn't sit there and complain and just whine like we do. He just says, "Excuse me," and he just steps aside and says, "You want to play with devils? You go right ahead." And so it was it was the demons that shut down the Welsh revival. Uh, and Evan Roberts writes about that in that book. It, it's just, uh, it's, it's as paramount to have as any of Pastor Worley's wor- works also. Amen. That's a fantastic book, folks, Some, one yeah. that everybody needs to read. And uh, that conference that you mentioned coming up in about two, three weeks, uh, it's the 14th, I believe. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay, so about two weeks away, three weeks away, folks. Uh, that's for the whole family. Is that right, family workshop? Yes, sir, Shannon. We have three, we have three of them a year, uh, three conferences a year, once, one in April one in July, one in October, and they're all family conferences. Uh, and then we get the guys together in January and have a real good time together for our men's conference uh, here, here at the church. Praise God. Folks, we're coming up at the top of the hour. We're just going to take a quick five-minute break, and then we're going to be back with Pastor Michael Thier, and he's going to continue the message on uh, binding and loosing. Uh, and then what we'll do in the third hour, uh, if time permits, we're going to open up the phone lines, take your phone calls. So if you need prayer tonight, uh, there'll be time for that. We'll be right back, folks. To talk with Omega Man, dial area code 917-889-2745 and press option 1 on your phone. To listen live to Omega Man Radio from your cell phone, dial 917-889-2745. From coast to coast and worldwide on the Internet, this is Omega Man Radio. All right, welcome back to Omega Man Radio. Tonight's special guest, and every Friday night, Pastor Michael Fear pastor of Hagelish Baptist Church up in Highland, Indiana. There's going to be a great uh, deliverance workshop for the whole family. They're invited. That's going to be, I believe, the weekend of the 14th. Go to hbcdelivers.org to get information on that conference. Uh, you'll have a great time in the Lord. Get some hands-on deliverance. Meet some great friends. Check out a really cool um, bookstore there. And they have Cracker Barrel, my favorite of all restaurants, Literally a mile down the road, so you don't have to be hungry. During breaks, go right over and have some home cooking. <laughs> Let's get uh, Pastor Michael back on the line. Stand by. I am, Shannon. All right, brother, you are back. Uh, the phone microphone is yours, my friend. I love the Cracker Barrel also. Hey, and w- one quick note here, Shannon, before we get going. Uh, you're, uh, in the announcement, you know, it says, uh, um, you know, stand up like a man. Well, do you know that over in 1 Corinthians 16:13, the Apostle Paul says that exact same thing. He says, "Watch ye, stand fast in the faith." King James says, "Quit you, or quit you like men. Be strong." It means quit you like men. It means to stand up and be a man. And men, listen. We know what's going on. We 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 see with what a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes that made Buffalo others that are more emotional. Uh, but, you know, we've got to stand up like a man and, and be a man in the churches, you know, in our homes, uh, for people around us, 
because you know we're being we're being effeminated, uh, we're being feminized by Satan, and we're being emasculated by things in the church, uh, things in our own homes, uh, and it's hurt the men of God. Uh, they don't, you know, they, there's a real fear for men to stand up today because uh, we don't do that. You know, we've kind of turned that over to the ladies, uh, and you know. Because they can, they can really get mad. They can really, you know, when you get a lady mad, I'm telling you, you know, like 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 Rhett Butler said one time, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Well, there's a lot of truth in that, but they're not supposed to be that way. And when we give up our authority, uh, they become that way. So uh, we have a little bit to do with that. Uh, but stand up like a man and 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 lead. Uh, that's 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 when we do it according to the word of God. Um, then uh, God will put be those behind us that want to help. It, 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 when we do it the Lord's way, of course, it's always the best way. But we have to do it uh, to begin with. Now, <clears throat> tonight we've been talking about binding and loosing, because this is something that we have to do. Uh, we can't think it, we can't imagine it, we can't hope it. Uh, we need to do it, uh, and it's part of the keys of the kingdom. Now, you know, moms and dads, uh, when your children are growing up or, you know, and at the age of 12, if your son or daughter were to come to you and say, hey, Mom, you know, can I have the keys of the car? What would you say to them? Well, you'd say no. Right. But why would you say no? Well, because they can't drive yet. They're not old enough to drive. They don't have, they're not responsible enough to drive. Now, we are going to be given what the King James says, keys to the kingdom of heaven. And in those keys... Uh, we're going to be given authority to do things. God's going to put his imprimatur, his, his stamp of approval, on us to do things if we'll do them in maturity according to the Word of God. And I don't want to get into the downside of this because there is a downside of those who don't do it in sincerity. But if we do it in sincerity, uh, we're going to see this character uh, uh, this part of Jesus Christ called buying and loosing, uh, this um, attribute that he has that's going to be imparted unto us, and the very heart of God open up into our lives that will help us to do things that many other believers won't be able to do. There should be no pride here. There should be nothing but humility, bashfulness. Lord, how could you give me such a wonderful gift? Lord, I'm, you know, I'm so unworthy. You know, all the men of God, the great men of God, when they're called, you remember what happened in the Old Testament when, when they're all called? Um, I'm least in my father's house. No, Lord, you know, I, I'm, I'm a man of, of, of unclean lips. Um, you know, all of, the, all of the so-called great men of God that we read about were all those who didn't think they were anything. See, they all, they all walked and lived in the doctrine that we find over in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. You know, the first Beatitude were, were to, that we read of and that we're to understand in our lives is, Blessed are those that are poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Now, that's the very first one. And it says, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Not, not that it's going to be, that it is right now. And to be poor in spirit in the Greek means that you can do nothing and you can be nothing because you are nothing. Do you understand that? Do you understand that, that without Jesus, we're nothing? And that even with Jesus, I mean, the most things we still create is, is nothing but a mess. And, and so when we realize that Jesus is everything, and not just in our heads, 
but in our walk, in our life, in our demeanor, how we present ourselves to other people, how we act or react, you know, the things that come out of us, out of our soul, our minds, our wills, and our emotions. You know, all those things people look at, you know, whether we, whether we know it or not or realize it or not, on our jobs, in our home, if we're, when we're around other people, if they hear that we're a Christian, well, I'll tell you what, you know what they do? They watch us. And they should watch us. Our faith should be challenged. And, and we should know that there's eyes on us all the time that will help us to keep our eyes where they're not supposed to be. And our hearts and our minds. And again, all these things come, come out of, of course, God's truth. And out of this, a lot of it out of these, this teaching tonight on binding and loosing. But over, um, you know, Jesus had a very interesting um, conversation uh, with his disciples when he asked over, over on verse 13 of Matthew uh, chapter 16. He says, you know, who do, uh, who do people or who do men say that I am? And some said you're John the Baptist, others Elijah. And some, some, some would say you're even Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said, yeah, yeah, but who do you say that I am? See, that's the, it's not what other people believe of Jesus, brothers and sisters. It's you, the person right now that has your ears on, that is hearing my voice. Who is Jesus Christ in your life? Is he a fireman? Is he just somebody who comes around when you've got a problem? Is he a policeman? Is he somebody that's just there when you get in trouble? Or is he Lord and King and Savior in your life? Because we, we, you know, we can't have him. You know, Jesus said, if you don't have all of me, you won't have all. You won't, if you don't have all of me, you won't have any of me. Wow. He told Peter, you know, if I don't wash your whole body, he says, I don't wash your feet. He says, then, you know, um, um, you're not going to be clean. You're not going to be part of, the, part of the fold. Peter says, wash my whole body. See, we need to let Jesus wash our whole body. And so, you know, Peter answered in verse 16, he says, Thou art, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Uh, and Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon, Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And by the way, this is when Peter got saved, because God does not reveal himself to people until they know the Savior. Here, here, here we are now in New, New, in New Testament times. I realize that Jesus hasn't gone to the cross yet, but this is, this is well, you know, when Jesus uh, came across Zachariah, Zechariah in, um, I believe it's Luke chapter 10, uh, he told Zechariah to come down from the tree that he was in because uh, he was going to go to his house to eat and visit with him. So he did, uh, and he told Zechariah and his household, this day has salvation, come to your house. And so it was true salvation, true New Testament salvation. It, the work just hadn't been finished yet uh, until Calvary. Uh, and so in verse 18, he says, I, And I say also unto thee that, you know, you're Peter. And he says, Upon this rock, speaking of himself, Jesus was now speaking of himself because the word Peter, you know, um, Simon meant rock, Peter meant pebble. You know, Peter was actually, uh, when God renamed Peter, or so, so named Peter, uh, he didn't go up a notch uh, in, in, the, um, in the importance of the name. He actually went down. Instead of saying, you're a big rock, he says, you're now a pebble. Because if there was ever a guy out of the 12 that needed his, his legs cut off from under him more times than not, it was Peter. Uh, and so he wasn't telling Peter that upon this pebble... I'm going to build my church. He's saying upon this rock, speaking of himself, he says, I'm going to build my church. Jesus calls it his church, not ours. 
uh, and uh, he said that he was going to build it, not the pastors. And he says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, which should which should take us to think, if the gates of hell are crushing so many churches out there today with error and false doctrine and just all, all types of ungodliness that's being allowed in the church, then maybe the gates of hell are broken through in, in a lot of places. Um, and what does that say? Verse 19, uh, and he says, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom. Now, not the keys to the kingdom. See, when you become born again, you've got the keys to the kingdom. You're in. But you're going to be given now the keys of the kingdom. This is the right. This is the authority. It's where we get our, our Greek word exousia from, power, um, in the English. Uh, we're going to be given authority into the kingdom of heaven, and Jesus said, Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed from heaven. And then he charged the disciples uh, they shall tell no man uh, that, uh, that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, we, we have now this, this thing of binding and loosing. You know, what could it possibly mean? We now have authority to bind and loose. Wow. Well, did you notice when I mentioned over, uh, talking over back in uh, Isaiah 61, this is also confirmed in uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 21, this prophecy of Jesus coming. Uh, one of the things was to bind up uh, the brokenhearted. Another thing was to, you know, loose, bring liberty, um, or the opening uh, of the prison to them that are bound. That word opening in the Hebrew means loosing. So there are words that we can use. You know, we're hung, we can be hung by our tongue, uh, many times in words we use, you know, we can speak words of life and death. Now we cannot create with our with our words. We can proclaim the truth of God's word, but we can't create because only God can do that. But we can take the the word of God. In fact, um, as a side note here, I believe it's over in Malachi. If you want to turn with me, I'm pretty sure it's Malachi. Um, let me see. Malachi 3, if I remember correctly, I hope I do, and 3, maybe verse, well, I'll find it here, it's, um, it's a prophecy, or it's a proclaiming of the, of the coming Savior, uh, it says the words of truth, let me see if I can, if I can find through that, words of truth. Words of truth were in his mouth. That's, um, hmm. It says, the words of truth were in his mouth, and he turned many from iniquity. This is speaking of Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, we have this same authority, this same power in our life, that the words of truth that we speak, especially when we speak them, as the New Testament tells us, in love, can change people's lives. We can't loose them from their sins, literally. Only Jesus can do that. But the words we speak unto them can speak life, where they can grab that word of life, bring it into their life, and then Jesus will do the rest. And that's, why our, that's why our doctrine, uh, next, in the next couple of weeks, as the Lord leads, uh, I'd like to speak on doctrine and how important doctrine is for the believer. You know, that, that again, there, there are no shortcuts. But getting fully back uh, into the message here. So we read that, that we've been given the keys of the kingdom, and because of that, uh, or, and with that, comes binding and loosing. Now, in the Strong's 1210, to bind means to tie with a chain, to tie up, to tie with a cord, to fasten with chains, to pronounce, 
or to proclaim. So we have not only something we can do physically or literally, tie with a chain or tie with a cord, but we can also proclaim or pronounce with that word binding. In 3089, in the Strong's, where that word loosing comes from, it means to loose, to untie, to set free, to loose one who is bound, or to proclaim or pronounce. So now we see in both 1210 and 3089 that binding and loosing is is to bind up with something or to loose somebody that has something or to pronounce or to proclaim. Very interesting, those, those two words. So let's look first at the foundation, some of the principles of binding and loosing in the Old Testament. Uh, we're going to see in Genesis 22, uh, it's verses 9 uh, through probably through 13. Um, this is the story of, Abra- of Abraham and Isaac, his son. You know, they came to the place uh, which God had told Abraham of, and Abraham built an altar. It was when he was going to sacrifice his son. And he bound Isaac, his son, and he laid him upon the altar uh, of the wood. And then, of course, you know, we know the story of, you know, Daddy, where are you going to get sacrificed from? He's a son, I already got it. Uh, and then over in verses 12 and 13, if you we're going to, just for the sake of time, you can write this down, uh, that's where God, that, that's where Abraham now looses his son. Now, remember, this is the heart of God. Remember, God promised Abraham that I was going to give you a son who was going to be like the sands of the sea. And here Abraham is being told by God to now kill the promise that I gave you earlier. Well, how could Abraham do that? I mean, how can a father kill his only son, especially a son that was a miracle son? You know, his wife couldn't have children. Yet he obeyed God. He he took an impossible situation and made it a impossible situation. And he trusted the Lord, no matter what his physical eyes saw and what his physical hands were going to have to do in the in the killing of his own son. And he trusted God, and God had him bind his son to that altar. And then in Abraham's faith, he loosed him. Why did God use this? Why did God leave us with this story? Because this is part of God's heart. This is part of binding and loosing and the, and the, um, the M.O. behind the, the, um, the doctrine of binding and loosing. You know, we see the same thing. Uh, over in Psalm 105, uh, verse 16, of course, talking about Joseph. Uh, and we read that, uh, starting in verse 16, because we're going to go through verse 22 real quick. It says, Moreover, uh, there, came a fam- there became a famine upon the land, uh, and um, he broke the whole staff and the bread. Verse 17. I sent out a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, uh, whose feet they hurt, if you look up that word hurt in the Hebrew, uh, I'm sorry, they, 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 um, who's, they sent Joseph, uh, whose feet they hurt with fetters. It means they bound them. And he, he was laid, uh, laid in iron with those, with, those bound, with those bindings on him. Until the time that the word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. And then he made him lord uh, over his own house. And if you drop down, and here we are in verse 22, and a ruler of all the substance, to do what? To bind uh, his princes, 
uh, and his, uh, at his pleasure, to teach his senators wisdom. And so, just in the whole story here of what of what of what became of day of, of Joseph uh, during that time when when uh, he was in when in, in Egypt he was bound with chains and then he, and then who loosed him the king then loosed him of course you know through God but he was bound and then he was loosed and then in his binding of the senators and of those things in Egypt he was teaching them he was proclaiming the truth and here. Here, here was an alien, so to speak, not a, or a foreigner, uh, that was brought up second in command. Why? Because he was faithful. Because he took the impossible situation that was around him, made it a impossible situation, as he dedicated it to the Lord. He was lied to by the baker. He was lied to by other people. Uh, he was, li- you know, his brothers, you know, wanted, you know, uh, some wanted him dead. The others just wanted him, you know, uh, out of the way. Uh, and out of all of Joseph's faithfulness, he was bound. I mean, out of out of everything they tried to do, he was bound. But what God did is he loosed him. And again, this is all just part uh, of the heart of God. Now, over uh, in Judges 15, uh, we see that Israel had sinned, uh, and it was conquered by the, by the Philistines for about 40 years, until God brought a deliverer into their hands by the name of Samson. Now, starting in Judges 15, verse 9, it says, The Philistines went up, and they pitched in Judah, and they spread themselves in, in Lehi. And, uh, and the men of Judah said, uh, Why are, are some of you come up against us? And they answered, Well, to bind Samson, uh, and we're to, um, we've come unto you, and to do, do to him as he's done to us. Uh, and then uh, 3,000 men of Judah uh, went to the top of the rock to eat him, uh, and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that you've done to us? And he said unto them, uh, uh, I'm sorry, and yeah, what have you done unto us? And he said unto them, well, as they did unto me, so I've, so I've done unto them, eye for an eye, uh, tooth for a tooth. And they, said unto, and they then said unto him in verse 12, uh, why are you come down to bind thee? Uh, I'm sorry, we have, come, we have come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said, "Swear unto me that they will not that uh, that they uh, that ye will not fall upon me yourselves." And they spoke unto him and said, "No, uh, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand. But surely we will not kill thee." And so they bound him with with two new cords and brought him upon the rock. And uh, when uh, when he came to Lee, uh, Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him and. And, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson, and the cords that were on his arms became as flax uh, uh, that were burnt with fire, and his hands loosed, and the, and the hands, the, excuse me, the bands loosed from his hands. So again, we see, we see a common doctrine here or teaching of Samson being bound up, but when he was ready to do the work of the Lord, no matter what he was bound up in, he was then loosed. From that, now over in, in Proverbs five, uh, verse twenty-two, we can be bound in the cords of sin. There are some of our brothers and sisters that are that are out there uh, that know they are bound. They they just cannot seem to stop sinning in a certain area, and that area could be a plethora of things today. Uh, a lot of it has to deal in the area of lust. Uh, you know, it comes so easily in, in, into our homes now through the computer. 
that many people are bound by this. But there are other things. There's there's women who who gals who uh, treat their husbands uh, incorrectly. There are husbands who are who act like Neanderthals. That women are nothing but but doormats, uh, and they do this on, on a daily basis in lies. And this is sin. And uh, it says that um, uh, his own iniquities in verse 22. Uh, shall be shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden or bound with cords of sin. So we need, if we're bound with cords of sin, we're gonna we're gonna. Well, we already know, or we should have already started to catch on a little bit that if we can be bound with something, we can also lose something. We can proclaim, pronounce, and break these things literally off of our lives in Jesus' name. Now, in Psalm 140, over in verse five, uh, it says the proud have hit a snare for me, speaking David, and cords, they have spread, uh, they have spread a net by the wayside. They have set gins or traps against me. So, so we see that the enemy also can use cords to bind us up. And, and they do this to try and capture us. They know our weak links, uh, and so they bind us up, or they set, excuse me, cords, uh, or in the King James, they're called gins, to trap us. They're literally out there. The demons are out there looking for any opportunity, brothers and sisters, to set cords of sin or, or degradation or something into our lives, and they're laying traps for us all the time. That's why we need to let the light of the light of the word, the light of the word of God, uh, is a lamp unto our feet. The word says, and the problem is, is that is that we don't look enough at the lamp. Of, of the word of, of the Word of God, which is going before every step in our lives, for the Lord to tell us, watch out for that, watch out for this. In fact, many of us don't even pay any attention to the Lord's voice. If we would just determine to uh, to walk in His footsteps, as the Word says, His Word becomes a light unto our life, and it's a lamp. The Word says unto our feet. Let it shine before you. You know, when you're driving in the dark, you've always got your headlights on. What would happen if you turned your headlights off? Well, you'd get into an accident. You'd drive off the road. Well, the road that we're on is very narrow. And if, if we don't keep the Word of God before us, if, we, if Jesus Christ does not have the preeminence in our lives, we're going to drive off the road. I did that but one time. No wonder I couldn't see. <laughs> I didn't have my lights on. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Um, now, over in uh, Isaiah chapter 5, uh, the prophet here, Isaiah, he's, he's addressing the wickedness uh, of Israel. Uh, in verse 14, he says, Therefore hell has, get, has enlarged herself and opened up her mouth without measure, and, the glory, uh, and their glory and their multitude and their pomp, uh, and, he, uh, and, he, um, and he that rejoices shall descend into this hell, into that pit. And, and the mean man shall be brought down, and the mighty man shall be humbled, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. In verse 6, uh, But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment, and God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Then shall the lambs feed after their manner, and the waste, waste places of the fat ones shall, shall, strengthen, uh, shall strangers eat. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin, as it were, with, with a cart rope. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity. 
there, there, these, these sins uh, that, we, that we learn about in the Old Testament are cords that the devil wants to wrap around us. Now, this cord of vanity is, of course, a, a very large area in our lives. The word vanity means nothingness. It means worthlessness. It means, you know, of no regret whatsoever. Uh, because we read many times, you know, especially uh, in, um, in Ecclesiastes, uh, what a wonderful, what, a, what an awesome book uh, God left us to feast from uh, in the words of this very wise man, Solomon, in the book called Ecclesiastes. Here was a man who, who had everything, and, and at his means, or, uh, or because of his means, he was able to do whatever he wanted whenever he wanted in his life. And he did so. And he tried to add by subtracting. He tried to multiply by dividing. He took, he took a situation that was 75% good and added 25% bad to it. Uh, he, he did all these different equations in his life because he was trying to find how to bring happiness or contentment into his life. And he allowed so many different scenarios that at the end of it all, uh, when you get, I forget how many, I think there's 12 chapters, uh, 10 or 12 chapters in, in Ecclesiastes, but when you get to the end of it, he says, well, here's the sum of all things, okay? The sum meaning the grand total of everything that I ever did. Uh, he, says, he, says, he says, love the Lord and follow him. That was it. Out of everything he tried. These, because everything that, that he did was vanity, was worthless, or, or, or it was, it, it, the literal Greek mean, or Hebrew means, it, it, the worthlessness um, or the, um, the emptiness uh, of it all. And, and that's why Isaiah said in, in, in 5.18, he said, Woe unto them that draw iniquity, their sins, with cords of vanity. And sin as it were, a cart rope. We literally carry our sins around, and when they're too much for our own back, our own life, we put the extra ones in a cart, and we tie a cord to it, and we then tie, and then we then drag that cart of sins around with us. But it's through these cords of vanity that this is done. And when, when, when cords are mentioned like this, their cords are used to bind something up. Now, how can we lose someone that might be caught up with cords of sin? How about, um, it was in the Malachi 2 I meant to go to earlier, brothers and sisters. Uh, if, you, if, you have your, if you have your sword with you, if you want to turn there real quick. See, we can speak unto people and give them the answer. We can, you know, like Brother Shannon was talking about uh, when he went over this brother's webpage, you know, and he put a link there and told him that, you know, listen, you can get free from this stuff. Now, this man, you know, ignorantly right now, you know, just told him, he says, well, you know, I might kind of like this. But when he finds out that he doesn't like it, because the demons will eventually reveal themselves, Shannon has planted a seed there that that man is going to remember or that the Lord's going to take him back to, and he's going to come and he's going to check the stuff out, what Shannon was talking about, to see if it's true. Because Shannon spoke up. Just as we do, brothers and sisters, when we come into different situations with people, you know, we can't beat the Word of God into them. We'd like to sometimes, but uh, we can't do that. So we just have to lay the seed, uh, and hopefully, you know, someday, someday soon, uh, they might take us up, or they might take the Lord up on that seed. Uh, but, you know, how can we lose people that have these cords of sin? By telling them that they have cords of sin. 
not shrinking back saying, well, you know, I don't know, you know, that, you know, live and let live, and, and we should just let people what, live what they do, and the Lord will convict them. Well, the Lord, many times, brothers and sisters, the Lord convicts us through other people. We have people that stop into our lives uh, at some time, and they say, you know, blah, 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 blah. They want to talk to you about something. They just want to mention something the Lord did in their lives. I would mentioned that last week that one time, not too long ago, somebody came into my office and was telling me about um, idolatry that they had in their life. And they walked out, and I thought, oh, you know, too bad. I hope they get that taken care of. And uh, the next week they came back, and they mentioned just briefly, you know, about what the Lord did for them with idolatry in their life. And, you know, how important it was. And, you know, I thought, well, yeah, it's pretty important. And as they walked out the door, the Lord convicted me of my, of my idolatry. I wasn't asking for any conviction. I didn't even know I had problems with idolatry. I should have known. But when people come to us, we need to be open. You know, you know the scripture says, says, you know, laugh at those that laugh, weep with those that weep, you know, rejoice with those that rejoice. Do we rejoice, brothers and sisters? Do you rejoice? When another brother and sister gets hold of you and says, hey, you know what God did for me? Or is it just another ho-hum day in the Lord? Is it just another time that, oh, okay, you know, I'm glad that happened, and we don't really give it a second thought? Because we miss out on a lot of Christianity. Um, you know, if we were to say, oh, that is so wonderful, brother and sister, that, you know, I just rejoice with you, that's so great. And if you mean that, do you know the Lord will come into your life and say, you know, you need some help too in that area. Oh, do I, Lord? See, we don't hear from the Lord because we're not interested in hearing from the Lord. Hey, here in America, why do we need Jesus? You go to your light switch when you get home. If it's dark and you turn it on, and guess what happens? Your lights come on. You know, when you go out to your car to go to the store, to go to work, to go take your children to church or school or wherever, you put the key in the ignition, and guess what? The car starts. You know, everywhere we go, we have everything that we need for this life here on earth. But what we, what we forget is that we're foreigners, and we're sojourners, and we're to be nothing but ambassadors here on this earth, because Colossians 3 says that this earth is not our final home. In fact, it's not even our life anymore. In Colossians 3, uh, it tells us that Christ is, our <clears throat> Christ is our life. And if Christ is not our life, then we need to find out what kind of life he wants us to live. Uh, moving on, uh, over in Malachi chapter 2, verse 6, it says, The law of truth when it was in his mouth. And iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and did turn many away from from iniquity. Uh, for the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek law out of his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. And that's talking about us. We're now kings and priests before the Lord, and we should seek from him knowledge that only he can give us. And, and when we do that the law of truth will be in our mouth also. And because Jesus opened his mouth, he turned many from, from sin. And, and we too can turn many from sin. We can convict by telling people about it, not beating them over the head, not, not putting guilt, shame, or condemnation on their head. You know, just so many today, they, they, they get convicted of the Lord, and so they then go out and feel that, you know, since misery loves company, they're going to go out and, and, you know, do this to other people. Well, the Lord brought that conviction to, to that person. We don't need to go out and, and do that with other people. The Lord can do that unto themselves. But especially when it's guilt, shame, and condemnation, then 
you know, some brothers and sisters, they like to spread that, and they like to make other people miserable. Listen, we don't have to do that. We just need to pray, keep faithful to the Lord, and and he will bring, he will make us, or he'll bring other people into our lives who will speak the, the word of truth uh, in love, because we need to do that, brothers and sisters. You know, I had a situation here at the church a while back where it was involved with drinking, and uh, I'm I'm the type of pastor that uh, I don't believe that alcohol should ever touch the lip of a Christian ever. I don't think for your tummy's sake, and uh, that's all for another message. Uh, mo- most of the scriptures that's talking about wine is talking about new wine, which is which is uh, unfermented, and uh, which means it has no alcohol in it. Uh, like Mr. You know, during our 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 Lord's Supper, uh, we use Welch's grape juice here in the church uh, because Mr. Welch was a Christian. And it, it's the fruit of the vine, uh, not not the alcohol that uh, that people say it is, uh, you know, that should be used uh, in that scenario. Uh, but but we we had a question and answer time in the church, uh, and one of the brothers uh, stood up, and see, I, I'm one of these guys that I feel that uh, we've got we've got right and we've got wrong. I'm not talking about good and bad, and I'm not talking about how we feel about things. I'm talking about the Word of God tells us what's right. And what is wrong? And it doesn't leave us a gray area. It doesn't leave us an area that we can meander between right and wrong in our lives. Because now, if I'm talking about good and bad, you know, when I say, well, you know, this 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 Chevy car was good to me, well, that Chevy car that Chan has may have been bad for him. And so, good and bad is relative in our lives. But right and wrong is something that that's um, it's set in stone. It's static. It can't be changed. And so this brother stood up during the questions and answers and said, listen, listen, enough about this talk. He said, you know, I was recently with somebody and, you know, they were, they were drinking and, and, you know, I know it's not really right to drink, but, you know, they, they, the scripture does say that you, you know, you, uh, drink or you partake of what's put in front of you. And just for the sake, you know, I just went ahead and drank. Well, I stood up and said, well, you're wrong. Well, see, he felt he was right because, you know, just, because of that certain situation that came up and and that you could you know you should you know you should eat or drink what is put before you it's not talking about things that are wrong it's talking about if you don't like it suck it up and eat it if we don't like something get over yourself i i'll tell you what there's a great program out there that's a lot faster than than you know many many people's 12 step programs and 6 step programs here's the michael Thier 2 step program Build a bridge and get over it. Okay? As Christians, we need to stop whining and complaining about the things we don't like. We need to be start praising the Lord for the things that He's been doing for us that make us right. And here, you know, the scripture's not talking about if the, if there's something bad that's put before us that we're not supposed to partake. What if what if it was a cup of blood? Should we have compromised and drank it because it was put be put before us? No. So I, I in, you know, in front of all the men, and I, I didn't do this. I did this in love. You know, I said, you were wrong. And do you know that because I spoke up, I had somebody come up to me, more than one person, by the way, but in particular one person who came up uh, who, um, who needed to hear this. And he needed somebody else to hear this, too, that was, that was with him. And, he, and he, he, he was very grateful and thankful to me that I stood up for the truth. 
And I said, that is wrong. And brothers and sisters, there are times that we need to stand up and say that something is wrong. Whether it's a friend of ours, somebody that's close to us or not, right is right and wrong is wrong. Now, had I not stood up and said, that's wrong, and I explained why I was wrong, then these other people who were wondering, well, would it be okay to do that, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know where the truth was because they were, they were stumbling over this, but now they do. So, brothers and sisters, take the truth and speak it in love. You can be, you can be different from somebody, and that doesn't mean you know, that, you, that you're wrong or you don't have to end friendships over something like this, but we need to know what's right and wrong in our lives. And when we have the law of truth in our mouths, uh, because of binding and loosing, loose, in fact, we'll do this at the end, but, you know, Father, in Jesus' name, we loose the truth of law, the, the law of truth into our lips, Father, so that we'll speak the things that you, that you need us to and want us to, Father, at the time that we're supposed to. Now, brothers and sisters, over in uh, Matthew 6, looking at verses 12 through 15, we're going to have to hurry up here because we've got some really good stuff coming up here uh, in doctrine. Uh, you know, Satan is constantly trying to bind us with his wiles. Uh, one of his wiles that he uses quite often in our lives uh, is unforgiveness. Uh, and in the model prayer, uh, Jesus tells us in, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, he says, you know, we need, uh, he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, lead us not into temptation, uh, but deliver us uh, from evil. And when it says lead us not into temptation, it means to lead us away from temptation and deliver us uh, from evil. Uh, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And over in verse 14, uh, Jesus said, Because if you forgive, that word forgive in the Greek means to send away, to yield up, or to loose. If you loose men from their, from their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also loose you or forgive you. That word forgive is not taught, it has nothing to do with with you know, the loss of salvation or, or, or anything like that. It has to do with uh, when we hold a grudge against somebody, we hold a grudge against ourselves, because we all do the same thing. James tells us this. You know, in our tongues we offend all, and um, when we hurt, so, when somebody hurts us and we don't let them go, the next person hurts us, and we go, "Well, Lord, this isn't fair. Heaven's going to be silent for you." And you're going to wonder, where is God? And why doesn't God answer my prayer anymore? And why isn't God in my life? It's because you are filled with unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment. Somebody has hurt you, and you just won't let it go. Well, guess what? Neither will God let you go. Meaning that when you have that problem, and you will, that when you go to the Lord for help, he's not going to be there for you. We need to forgive people. This is part of binding and loosing. We need to forgive or to loose people, uh, and then our Heavenly Father will loose us. Now, over uh, in, Ma in Luke chapter 13, uh, Jesus um, has come into a situation where a woman is bound, and this is very interesting uh, for deliverance because this is going to show where healing and deliverance are synonymous. You know, there's a, there's a very thin line that, that divides healing from deliverance. And sometimes the line gets blurred. It goes, it goes over itself, and one becomes the other. And we're going to find that here in Luke 13, uh, verse 10. But he comes unto this woman who was bound uh, with a spirit of infirmity, and he loosed her from it, verse 10. And he was teaching 
and and uh, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, eighteen years, and was bowed together and could not could not in any way lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, now remember she she had, uh, she had this spirit of infirmity, and so when Jesus um, saw her. He called unto her and said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he said, and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And, of course, you know, the ruler of the synagogue came and, and you know, tried to cause a problem uh, after that. And, uh, you know, tried to say that you shouldn't do this. Uh, and and um, in, verse, uh, in verse 14, the ruler of the synagogue answered uh, with indignation uh, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. And said unto the people, he said, there are six days in which a man ought to work, uh, in them therefore come and be healed, but not on Sabbath day. And Jesus then answered and said unto him, you hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose uh, his, his ox or his ass from the stall, leading him um, uh, and leading him to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, I'm in, I'm verse, in verse 16, being a daughter of Abraham, um, that Satan has bound, lo, these eighteen years, be loosed from his bound, from his bond on on Sabbath day. So once again, now we see coming out of the Old Testament into the New Testament this teaching on binding and loosing. One that Satan has bound, shall this person not be loosed? Well, of course, this person shall be loosed or should be loosed. Over in Acts sixteen, uh, in verse twenty-two, now Paul and Silas had just cast out the spirit of divination from that young gal. Uh, and, and the people were just exuberant, uh, uh, that, you know, so exuberant uh, that they had done this, that they, that they threw, I'm sorry, did I say Peter? It's Paul and Silas uh, had just cast out the spirit of infirmity, uh, divination from this gal. And the people were so happy that they did this, they threw him in jail. Uh, and uh, in verse 22, it says, The multitude rose up together against them, uh, and the magistrates ripped off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Uh, and, and this is, I mean, demons drive people crazy they they brothers and sisters you can see this craziness everywhere today you know again just using the example of, of what happened up in madison wisconsin in the last few weeks this insanity of people who know better i mean people who who are teachers people who have so-called right minds go and enchanting kids songs and and doing all kinds of ridiculous things uh, to themselves, co- you know, coloring their skin, you know, wearing signs that make them, make them look like, like they're retarded. Uh, and these are, they've lost their mind. Well, that's what's happened. They've allowed the devil to come into their lives. They've invited him in. And, and, and when the devil does this, you see people just go crazy. They, these people went berserk over, they were mob spirits. Watch out for the mob spirits. Um, but uh, in, uh, let's see, real quick here, uh, over in, um, um, we were over with Paul and Silas, and the multitudes, oh yeah, the multitudes ripped off their clothes, uh, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they cast them into prison, prison, charging the jailer to keep them sa- uh, safely. Uh, and uh, who, uh, having received uh, such a charge, Trust, uh, thrust them in the inner, inner prison uh, and made their feet fast. He bound their feet in stocks. Uh, but in verse 25, uh, around midnight, 
uh, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. Isn't that something? They were beaten, and they were up at midnight uh, praying and singing uh, unto the Lord. Uh, and the, all the prisoners heard them. And then suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and every man and every one's bands were what? Loosed. Now here, men had bound up Paul and Silas and, and many others. And here, God loosed the bands uh, that were on all of them. Uh, in, uh, in Acts 20, 22, Paul was bound in the Spirit. You can read about that. In Acts 21, uh, verses 33 and 22, verses 25, uh, we see people that are bound by two chains. And then uh, in, uh, in uh, Luke, I'm sorry, in Acts 22.30, they're loosed from them. In Acts 22.3, uh, we see that uh, um, uh, Paul, um, well, let's, let's read verse, starting in verse 3, we're going to look at verse 3 and 4 of Acts 22. He says, I am verily a man, uh, which is a Jew, born, this, born in Tarsus, this is when he was brought before the Sanhedrin, uh, in a city, uh, of of uh, uh, Cilicia, uh, yet brought up uh, in this city for, uh, at the feast of Gamaliel. I, I grew up at the feet of Gamaliel, who was the teacher of the day, uh, and taught according to the perfect man of the law of the fathers, and was zealous towards God, uh, as you are all this day. He says, and I persecuted this way, and I persecuted uh, um, this way unto death, binding and delivering into prison both men and women. Paul was binding people into prison before he realized, you know, before he became saved, uh, and the Lord showed him the error of his ways. Now, real quick, Satan, uh, through his wiles, is working tirelessly uh, to bind and deliver us uh, to himself. And, and uh, we, we see over in um, uh, Luke, I believe that's Luke 22. Uh, well, you don't have to turn there, but that's, that's when... Uh, Jesus came unto Simon, uh, and he said, Simon, Simon, he says, Satan has, Satan has desired to have you, to sift you as wheat. Uh, and in the Greek, it means to claim you back for his own. Satan wanted to bind uh, Peter back unto himself, but Jesus said uh, that I prayed for you, that your faith isn't going to fail, and so uh, when you go away from me for a little while, he says, you know, that'll be one thing, but when you come back, you'll strengthen uh, the brethren. Now, one thing that Satan um, can't do is he can't bind the Word of God for us. Uh, Paul says, you know, in, in 2 Timothy 2, verse 9, he told Timothy, he says, I, I suffer trouble uh, as, as an evildoer, even under bonds, but the Word of God is not bound. So that's one thing that, that Satan can't do. And that's why we can trust the Word of God. There are things that we could do that Satan will bind up. I mean, he'll make them of no effect because God's not in them. But when we use the Word of God correctly uh, in our lives, God will honor that Word. Now, in, in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 18, this is very interesting. Paul was writing back unto the church, and he said, you know, I've tried to come to you several times. He says, but uh, Satan hindered us. It means, the word hinder means to distract, to detain, to impede. Uh, and, and that word impede has, has, a, um, has a, a connotation to the word binding. And so Satan was binding them that they couldn't go, or he was distracting them or detaining them. Uh, so what can we do about this? And, you know, how, can we, how can we fight some of these things? Well, real quick over in 2 Corinthians 10, and again, if you have your swords, let's go there. 2 Corinthians 10, 
We're going to start in verse 3. Now, these verses are very important for us in the New Testament. Remember, we've been given keys to the kingdom of heaven, but if we're not mature enough to use those keys, we're not going to be able to use these keys that are going to be talked about in this next set of verses. Uh, verse 4, I'm sorry, verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 10 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now remember, part of binding and loosing is pronouncing or proclaiming. And so uh, in verse 5, it's, I'm sorry, in verse 4, it says to, um, uh, that they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, casting down imaginations. That word casting down imaginations means in the Greek to violently, vehemently throw them down. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God and then bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So how, what does that have to do with us? Well, what we do is when that thought comes, when that sin comes, we cast it down, and, and in Jesus' name, we can pray this prayer. This is part of loosing ourselves from, from things that Satan is binding us with. We cast down that imagination, that thing that Satan's trying to, uh, to, do, to use to break our weak link, uh, it says, casting, uh, casting out imaginations and every high thing that is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, uh, Lord, th- this this desire that that is just burning in my life that 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 you want this money you want that that uh, you know I, I'm just so determined to spend, uh, oh Lord, this you know this person that I you know that I, I'm just so desiring you know to be with. I know it's wrong, and I cast down these thoughts that I have with this person right now in Jesus Christ's name. Father, I not only cast them down, I command, I command their work to be null and void, and I command them to come into the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, if you'll pray that, it'll work for your life. Because God is no respecter of persons. If it works for others, it will work for you. But now look, there's, there's a key here in this next verse that we're going to look at for just a second. And this next verse is very important. It's kind of a verse that, that never gets quoted when this set of verses, prior verses, uh, is read. Uh, but it, it says uh, in verse 6, And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. And so it's almost like a prerequisite here. For It says that we have to have in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. What does that mean? It means that we need to shoot straight or be straight, be straight shooters, brothers and sisters. It means that what we are to our, our white brethren, we are to our black brethren. What it means that when we are to somebody that we know is of a, a, lesser, a lesser quality of Christianity than we are, that they are equal, that we look at them as being equal with us. Brothers and sisters, this is imperative. Because there is now neither Greek nor Jew, you know, bond or free, male, male nor free, male, uh, Barbithian, Scythian, uh, uh, you know, we're all one in Christ. Now we may have different roles, of course, when we're talking, when we're talking about man and wife or or husband or a man and woman. Uh, but when it comes to everything else, no matter who we are, if we're born again, if we're better than somebody, we need to put that stuff behind us and, and just just push on for the prize of the high calling. Or, or, well, the scripture says that, that we, when we humble ourselves, we'll be lifted up. Uh, if, we want, if we want to be a master, we need to serve. And so each of our brethren that are before us are all equal with us. And that means we treat them equal. 
and we don't whisper behind their backs, and we don't gossip about them. You know, we don't tell bad jokes about them because we do that. And we shoot straight with the Lord. That means that's what it means to have a readiness to revenge all disobedience. It means that we're we're trying to be the best Christian that we can. And when we do, we'll have the imprimatur, the stamp of approval or 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 exousia in our lives from the throne of God. Now I'm not going to be able to get through all this message, so because um, it, it's going to go well into the third hour. You know, I can pick up on this another time, Brother Shannon. What what, what do you think? Because uh, it's probably going to take me another 20 minutes to fin- 15 minutes to finish this up. You know what? Should we got uh, absolutely. You you continue on, brother, and then um, we'll take a break afterwards. Keep on pushing. Okay. As long as you want, about, fif- about 15 minutes, Shannon. We'll, we'll we'll get this thing wrapped up. And so remember, brothers and sisters, when it comes to the thoughts that the devil puts into our head to do something that's wrong, we need to cast that down. How do we do that? Father, in Jesus' name, this thought that just is relentless in my mind, this thing that's just tempting the power out of me, I cast it down right now, uh, and, I, and I vehemently, because it, in the Greek it means to vehemently cast down, I just vehemently I cast this thing down out of my life right now, and all of these thoughts and all these, these attitudes, I command you to come into the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, if you'll do that, God will honor his word. And he'll take that desire from you. And then we don't always have to give in to them. Now, you may, have to, you may or may not have to pray this more than once. But regardless, if you pray it, it will work for you in your life. Now, over the New Testament, uh, over in, um, uh, love these stories, over in Matthew 12, verse 22, we're going to start in. Uh, we're going to have the same account in Luke chapter 11. So we'll, re- we'll read the one uh, in, Matthew, in Matthew 12 first. And then we'll compare it to one or two verses over in Luke chapter 11. Uh, they brought, uh, then brought unto him, unto Jesus, uh, one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. And when he heard, and when he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both now spake, and they saw. And all the people, in verse thir- in 23 of Matthew 12, were amazed. And they said, Is not this the Son of God? But when the, when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this thought doesn't cast out devils except by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. So Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to dissolution, and desolation, and every city divided against uh, itself shall not stand. Now what's interesting here is that uh, when, it, when it talks about these, this kingdom, every kingdom divided against itself, okay, um, is talking about... Where are we here in um, Prince of Devils? Yeah, every kingdom divided against itself uh, is brought to desolation. That word kingdom means uh, heavenly kingdom. Okay? And then when it gets into the second part of the verse, and every city or house that is divided against itself shall not stand, is talking about an earthly house. Okoyos, I believe, is the Greek word. Uh, and, and Jesus is now contrasting a, a, an important truth that he wants us to have or know uh, in our lives on this binding and loosing to show that that we can have a, a, a heavenly kingdom that can be affected by this or an earthly house that can be affected by this. And he says, and so if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself, then how shall his kingdom stand? And, and Jesus is just confirming that, that, you know, if we can divide the house or the kingdom, that it can't stand. He says, but by the way, 
I, I, this is, this, I love this verse, brothers and sisters. This, this is just something that is awesome. He says, if I, if I by Beelzebub were casting out demons, he says, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. Because G- people were already out there using the name of Jesus, casting out demons, while Jesus was alive. There were others outside of the twelve. You know, we learn about that, uh, I believe, over in uh, Luke, 8, um, Luke, Luke chapter 10. Uh, where, you know, Jesus found some out there, they were casting out devils, but they weren't part of the group. Well, Jesus said, no man can do a miracle in my name, except he be with us. He called deliverance a miracle ministry, and he said, leave those people alone. He says, they're they're doing the right thing. Because there were many that were casting out devils, because, do you know that in in the New Testament, that all the miracles from the Old Testament were replicated in the New Testament, except for one and that's to cast out of evil spirits. Why? Because it wasn't in the Old Testament. There was never an opportunity to get your demons cast out. Deliverance is the children's bread, or it's the frosting on the cake that, 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 our, fa- that our Heavenly Father gave to Jesus, um, or, you know, yeah, they kind of gave to Jesus uh, for New Testament believers. This is a gift for New Testament believers. Now, I, we have been blessed. You know, in the Old Testament, when people brought their sacrifice to the priest of the day, uh, you know, what a dove or, you know, what, whatever, whatever animal sacrifice there was required, they walked to the temple in a certain condition, and they gave their sacrifice, and they walked away from the temple the same way. God was a corporate God, for the most part, in the Old Testament. He was not a personal God as he is in the New Testament. And he's now a personal God for those in the New Testament. You know, the high priest. The high priest could only go into the Holy of Holies once a year. And that he couldn't do without blood. And if he didn't do it the right way, the Lord didn't accept it, and he was dead, and they had to get another high priest. Now today, the Word of God tells us that we can come, we can come before the throne of grace with boldness. What's happened? What in the world has changed that, that makes us now have access to God, to have, to have God say to where, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, in the Old Testament, we know God is, you know, in the different Hebrew names that he has for the different types of God that he was to his people. But now today in the New Testament, we know him as Abba Father. He's our Father. I mean, we have an intimacy with God that, that the high priest didn't even have in the Old Testament. Why is that? because of Jesus Christ. It's because of everything that Jesus did for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. And so Jesus, you know, people were out there casting out devils, uh, and in verse 28, he says, but if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Brothers and sisters, you want the real kingdom? You want to, you want to throw away this phony, baloney Christianity, this religious trash, garbage, you know, this religious vomit, that, that comes out that comes out of these so-called teachers like Copeland and Hagen. You know, the, all the word faith, and you know, you might as well throw the Kansas City bunch in there also. Uh, and there's just so many of these guys that, that are proclaiming this 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 sloppy agape religious type of Christianity that God has nothing to do with. You want to come out of that stuff? You want the you want a real miracle in your life? Cast out some demons, brothers and sisters. You Amen. want to see the you want to see some the kingdom of God come into your home tonight? You want to see the kingdom of God come into your church? 
start casting out some demons. I mean, this is the real kingdom of God. This is, this is Jesus Christ himself coming into our lives, you know, breaking forth all, all, all the religious traps that we have in our lives and all this foolishness that we're involved with, the, the, these religious hucksters and, and, and criminals that are out there proclaiming themselves to be Christians. You know, all they're doing is feasting off of, stealing your money, and, gee, and God says, my people love to have it so. Stop it. Throw their books out of your house. Burn them. Get this trash for, from the charismatic, the charismatic uh, uh, um, charismaniacs that are out there that are teaching you how to put witchcraft upon yourself. Get this garbage out of your house. Get Jesus Christ in your house. Start casting out demons. Get demons being cast out in the church. You'll have miracles being done. Oh, they won't have the emotion that, uh, that, that the gold dust will that's fallen around you. Gold dust my foot. That's witchcraft. You want the real kingdom of God in your life? Start casting out demons. And you'll not only have the kingdom of God come upon you, you'll have Jesus Christ working right in the midst of you. Well, sorry, I got a little excited there. Let, let's oh, I call that devil dust. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a scam, folks. Has it, it gotten that bad, brother, that we've got to uh, lure people in with the promise of, come on in and, and catch your gold dust tonight? And that's <coughs> lure pe God, lure people into the church, of all things. What a, what a sin. You know something? If you gotta, if you got them, uh, pet them to get them, you're going to have to tweak them to keep them. Amen. You know, <coughs> and, and you know what God says about this? Who asked you to come into my house? You, you read about it over in Isaiah. Who asked you to trample, or, you know, to come through my house? I didn't ask you to come in. Listen, all these Christians, if you want the power of God in your life, listen, brothers and sisters, if you want the power of God in your life, you run from them because they don't have it. When the pop-offs of the world, not, not the father, not Harlan, but the Peter pop-offs and, the, you know, these other religious hucksters out there, the, um, um, who's that guy that... Uh, Oh, you mean you know, when you get your uh, you get your six pack of holy water? Yeah, you, you know, get your uh, pink prayer cloth, and green for yep. money, prayer for healing, something like that. <laughs> Amen, brother. You know, I'll, I'll tell you. You know these people. You know where they, you know where that holy water comes from? I guarantee it comes from their toilet. They, they didn't go. It's not from the River Jordan. It's from their toilet. You know, and they, and they bottle it up and they send it out and they just laugh. They they, they laugh all the way to the bank. You know. <laughs> when they were finally able to run Tilton out of uh, Texas, uh, they uh, they said that uh, uh, you know they they would find the prayer requests uh, in the uh, garbage cans at the bank. Right. See the check the checks they didn't even go to the church. So your letter that you wrote to Bob Tilton about your family, you know about the divorce that your mom and dad were going through, or that you might have been going through in your life, and you know, of course you you know to to show a guy that you mean business, you know you send a couple bucks because you don't you don't want to be cheap about it, you know, and so and you know all that money it went to a bank. This is all proven now. There, there's there's evidence of this. And uh, the money went to the bank. And you know where the prayer request went? You know where the pictures uh, of the family went that was being broken up by, by whatever problem was going on? It went to the garbage can. Because the bank people didn't care about that. They, 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 need, they just needed the checks. You know, if, if, if you want money, you've got to hold on to your own. These religious hucksters don't need your money. You know, when the word faith crowd teaches that, uh, that you know, this, the seed faith, you know what that, that seed faith, you know what the seed is? The seed Demon is the word seed. of God. 
Yes. Well, that de- yeah, that seed is the demon seed. But the, if you read in the Word of God, it says the the seed that was sown in the, in the parable of the sower, the seed that was sown was the Word of God. Amen. For instance, you sow the Word of God into people's lives. The, these hucksters, the, these Christian carnival barkers that are out there, you know, uh, they're, they're they're a Christian carnival barker. You know trying to get you to step into the big tent, you know, and they're, they're the same way on TV telling you about, you know, you know, uh, all these wonderful things that, that, uh, that they're going to slither on the floor and walk around like dogs with, with, with dog chains around their neck and, and, you know, the, the holy laughter. You know, do you ever, did you, have you ever been able to picture in your head Jesus laughing? What was there to laugh about? I, he, may have, he may have laughed and smiled when he was sitting around the children watching them play. But do you think he would have ever done that around the ungodly? What, what, was, what was there to laugh about? In fact, James tells us to let our, our laughter be turned to mourning. What, what is there to laugh about? You know, the, 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 um, uh, the um, Paul, Paul Crotch from, uh, uh, from um, that uh, uh, carnival barking station over there in California, TBN. You know, these guys, they sit upon, you know, their chairs look like, like they're made of gold. I'm sure they're not, but they might be with all the money that people send in there. And they proclaim a, a, a Christ that's not in your scripture. And if you buy into that, brothers and sisters, I'd be careful because you picked up another Jesus. Amen. And we'll be, we'll be talking about another Jesus in the, in the weeks to come. But l- let me finish up with this because this, this is so important. You know, this is the real word. This is the real truth, the real word, the real Jesus. Uh, and he says, he says, so if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In verse 29, he says, or how else can a man enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man? And then he can spoil his goods. So once again now, we have this teaching of binding coming right out of Jesus' mouth that we first have to bind the strong man. Well, how... Wow, what would that take? What what would we have to do? What could we come up with? How can you bind the strong man? Well, let's try this one, brothers and sisters. Father, in Jesus Christ's name, I bind the strong man from off of my life right now in Jesus Christ's name. There you go. See, we have that because we ask not. Now, real quick, I want to just pick up over in Luke chapter 11, um, just for a minute here, the contrast of of, of this wonderful story. Because... Um, and as you turn to 11, we're going to look at verse, um, starting in verse 19 uh, in Luke chapter 11. Uh, and, and remembering now that Jesus said, how else can we enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man and then he spoils his good? Jesus says in verse 19 of Luke chapter 11, it's the same story. Um, he says, uh, and if I buy the... By Beelzebub cast out devils. By whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if, I, but if, but if with the finger of God I cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. Because when a strong man is armed, he keeps his palace and his goods are in place. But when a stronger than he shall come and overcome him, he shall then take from him all of his armor wherein he trusted, and then divide his spoils. And you're not, if you're not with me, you're against me. And so here, Jesus now really nails this down. Because when he says in verse 21, when a stronger man armed keeps his palace, or when a strong man armed keeps his palace, his goods are at peace. Well, of course they are. 
but one is stronger than he shall come upon him. Are we not stronger? Have we not, have we not been given a name that is above every name? Amen. Are we not more than conquerors, the word says? Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about that. You know, to conquer means that you win. How can we be more than conquerors? Well, we are in Christ. And so, taking the truth of that word, he says, but one is stronger than he shall come upon him, and shall prevail, overcome him, and take all of his armor away from him. Satan in Jesus Christ's name, Father, that spirit of Leviathan that's working in all of our lives tonight, Father, we ask that you send forth your angels, and we ask, Father, that the, that the, that the, that the scales of pride uh, that, that are surrounding Leviathan, Father, would just be ripped off of them right now in Jesus Christ's name. And, and do you know, brothers and sisters, if you pray that, the Lord will do that. And we'll be able to take away the armor that the, that the devil has. You know, because he can deflect many things from Christians because they don't know what they're praying about or they don't live the walk that they're talking uh, and so, but it says we can take away his armor from where he trusted, and then de- divideth. If you look up that word divideth in the in the Greek, it means to deliver. We can deliver his spoils. You know what the spoils of Satan are, brothers and sisters? Your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Satan has captured that somehow, uh, and we can we can divide that back from him. We can deliver that, get that out of him, or get that away from him, and have it restored back unto us in Jesus' name. This is the importance of binding uh, and loosing. Uh, Do you know that fasting can break Satan's bands uh, in our lives? We find that in Isaiah 58, 6. Uh, You know, God's talking about this chosen fast. And that's chosen fast, brothers and sisters. Do you know that the the, the fast that's talked about in Isaiah 58 is not about food? Now, food is, is a great thing to fast from because it's the most important thing that we desire in our lives. It's, it's number one. And so it shows the Lord that we mean business when we will voluntarily abstain from food because it's the most difficult thing that we can abstain from. And the Lord knows that you know, we're at least putting our best foot forward, even though there's, you know, no flesh shall glorify itself in the sight of God. But in, in Isaiah 58... The fast that God was talking to his people about were to loose the bands of wickedness and undo the heavy burdens and to, and to let the oppressed go and to break every yoke. Well, we can do that when we're praying for people, brothers and sisters. Now, a, the real fast before the Lord is being a real Christian and stepping up to the plate. And as Brother Shannon said at the beginning of the show, or earlier on in the show, that, you know, where do people go? They go up to their, to their pastor, and they say, Pastor, I'm, I'm having a problem with this, that, and the other thing. And, and he says, well, listen, you know, here's a business card from Dr. So-and-so. Uh, he's helped me out a lot, and you can, go out, you can go down the street, and so then you can go and get on some medication that any worldly doctor can put you on. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm not saying that you can't be on medication, but I'm saying if you want to get off your medication, you can. And you don't you don't do it, and and then expect the Lord to heal you, because there may be something else that the Lord wants you to do. So you get with Him, but don't let Christians tell you that you can't be delivered off your medicine. I was on two thousand dollars a week of cocaine that I that I got delivered from. So you know the Lord can deliver us at any time. If you're on medication, stay on your medication, and the Lord will show you when you get your deliverance that you can then go off of it. And the Lord, Lord showed me. I mean, I had no desire for it anymore. And 12 hours earlier, you know, 
a few hours earlier. You know, my my life just burned to have more. That's how the Lord showed me, and He showed me very clearly and plainly that uh, that He can do this uh, in our lives. So um, just just trust the Lord with that, brothers and sisters. Now, real quick, uh, in Psalm one four in Psalm one forty seven verse three, I love praying this verse. Uh, when praying for people, that God heals those that are broken in heart and he binds up their wounds. So now we've seen that God can bind, uh, uh, the devil can bind, people can bind. You know, this doctrine is interchangeable. It all depends on who does it. And since and since I'm not uh, in Satan anymore, that I'm in Christ, seated in the third heaven, and I have authority over him, I use this against him. Now, uh, not only Jesus can do this, but we're loosed. Uh, or we, you know, we're to lose people that are bound. Over in John chapter 11, verse 43, um, Jesus, uh, you know, this was Lazarus, uh, the story of Lazarus, his friend that was um, um, that had died, and uh, Jesus had spoken. He cried out with a loud voice. He did that so everybody could hear, not because he needed, you know, not because he needed to yell. He just wanted everybody to be able to hear what was going on. And he cried, and he that was dead came forth bound, hand and foot. With grave clothes. Well, brothers and sisters, do you still have your grave clothes on? Well, he came, he came bound hand and foot uh, in grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. And brothers and sisters, Jesus is telling us the same thing with, with friends or those in the church that are in our life. We have truth now. We know where truth comes from. We know the fountain, the the um, the uh, what do they call it? The headwaters. That's where uh, headwaters are, where uh, rivers start. Uh, 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 um, when you find a, a spring or a well, or they call it a well spring. That's the start of of where wells can be dug, uh, so you can get water. I mean, there has to be a start somewhere. And right now, brothers and sisters, those that are listening, it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with coming into people's lives that need help and, and trusting the Lord at his word and start binding and loosing the things that are going on. It means, you know, you're, you're allowing or not allowing these things to work. And then you walk in your faith and you watch the Lord work. Now, uh, real quick, uh, oh, it's to finish this up, the next just a couple verses more. Uh, over in Psalm 149, this is real important, uh, starting in verse 4. It says the Lord takes pleasure in His people, and He will beautify He He, um, he will uh, beautify the meek with salvation. He says, "Let the saints be glor uh, be joyful in glory. Let them sing al uh, aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth, and a two-edged sword in their hand, huh? To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments." Upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters with fetters iron to execute upon them the judgments written because this honor has all the saints. Brothers and sisters, we've been given an honor in the Word of God. Now we know that our enemies today are not flesh and blood because this is Old Testament. So our enemies today are are what the principalities and powers in heavenly places that talked about in, in Hebrews chapter six. Now, loosing real quick. In Hebrews 1, verse 7, Hebrews 1, verse 7, uh, we're told that the angels, he said unto us, that he makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. He says, are they, in verse 14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to 
them who shall be heirs of salvation. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that tonight you would send your ministering angels. We loose your ministering angels to go to so and so, to go to to um, um, to go to um, whoever's listening tonight, Father, in this show uh, that has a broken heart. Your word says you heal those that are broken heart and you bind up their wounds. And Father, we ask that you would loose upon them these angels, Father, to minister to them. Uh, and, and to break forth the glories of Jesus Christ, Father, in their lives. Send your ministering angels to minister to these people tonight, Father. We ask this in Jesus' name. Now, we've just loosed angels from heaven in Jesus' name. We never pray to angels. We, we, never, you know, we never converse with angels. But what we do is we can ask the Father in Jesus' name uh, to send them out. So, so a lot of good things here, brothers and sisters, on, on binding and loosing. Uh, and this is just the beginning. As we start to do it, the Lord starts revealing this truth because we've been given the keys to the kingdom. And, and now that we have these keys, you know, again, it's not the keys. Uh, I'm sorry, we've been given the keys of the kingdom, not to the kingdom. We've already got the kingdom. If you're born again, you've got the kingdom, whether, whether you know it or not. Amen. But now, now we have authority to operate within the Word of God because of binding and loosing. It's the heart of God. It's an attribute of Jesus Christ, and it's the whole character of our Savior. Let's pray. Father, tonight we ask that, that uh, the truth that comes through your Word, Father, would be anchored uh, into our lives. We ask that it would be loosed into our lives, Father, and then perfected and so it can be brought forth to maturity uh, in our life. Help all of us tonight, Father, to, if we struggle, if we're struggling with any of these words, uh, to be able to um, uh, seek them out, search them out, Father. Uh, as your word says, that if we seek you out and search you diligently, we'll find you, Lord. And uh, so we ask that you'd help us to find the truth in all these things for our lives tonight, Father. And wherever anybody needs help tonight, Father, whether they're calling in or, or just receiving uh, from your word tonight, Father, I'll let it break forth bringing forth the glories of Jesus Christ into all of our lives tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Brother and sister said. Amen. And folks, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Omega Man Radio Network tonight. This is a live program. We've got Pastor Michael Theron from Heglish Baptist Church. The uh, main website is hbcdelivers.org. Also check out the book room at wrwpublications.com. Uh, we're going to be taking about a five-minute break, and then we're going to come back and open up the lines. And if you would... Uh, I'd like to call in. You've got a question, share a testimony. You need deliverance from demons tonight. Whatever your need may be, uh, the phone lines are going to be open at 917-889-2745. And, uh, Pastor Michael, yeah, I just wanted to uh, p- put an addendum on uh, to what you spoke about tonight. You know, what a powerful, powerful weapon we have, binding and loosing, folks, the keys of the kingdom, that, uh, you know, many have no idea what those are. I heard one guy say, you know, it's really sad that we'll never know what it meant, binding and loosing. And I'm thinking, what's that about? Yeah. If you don't understand binding and loosing, you don't understand the fundamental of the power base that we've got that we can pull on to bind these foul spirits, loose the angels of God in Jesus Christ's name. And, um, folks, that's just, that's basics right there. Without those weapons right there, binding and loosing the keys of the kingdom, we're not going to be able to accomplish much. And that you know, doesn't surprise me, brother, because you don't hear this being taught in the churches. I don't think I've ever heard one sermon that came from um, TBN or Daystar on binding and loosing. And I've listened no. to a lot of Christian television. I grew up in the family. 
You mentioned Robert Tilton. Uh, folks, Pastor Michael's not talking out of his mouth. I was there. I remember the day when my father managed the account for Robert Tilton. The guy was a shyster. Okay, he was a scamster. That's a better word. Scamster. I remember the day, brother, this was no joke. This was after he had been exposed. Uh, he had had the fall. They found uh, the money being pulled out of the envelopes, their prayer request being thrown in the garbage can, the dumpster. And he was trying to make a comeback. And um, there was no calls coming in for his uh, relaunched television show. And they were scrambling, trying to find people that would uh, pick up the phone and call in to ask for prayer. I remember the day, not many years ago, that uh, I saw one of his infomercials on TV. It was pretty compelling. You know, he's got some real demonic charisma. Yeah. And, um, you know, I said, hey, this sounds like, uh, you know, these modern-day infomercials. And he had this, uh, you know, book that he was offering. And so I picked up the phone. I wanted a copy of it. And I called this, off, this phone line, automated number, and it says, uh, yes, uh, please enter in your credit card number to make a donation. And uh, if you're not ready to make a donation this time, we'll still give you the book. I didn't make a donation. I never got the book. I don't think anybody ever got the book. I mean, uh, I saw it firsthand. My father was the um, agency of record for Jimmy Swaggart before the fall. And uh, I know that they used to bring in big mail bags, looked like a, uh, a Marine Corps duffel bag filled to the brim with mail. They would bring truckloads of this stuff every day. And people were sending in money, prayer requests. And, you know, this has happened to many of the ministries out there. And I'm not saying all the ministries are bad, but I can tell you this crap that's coming out over so-called Christian television is doctrines of demons. They don't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, that hell is real, that hell is hot, and people are dying and going there because they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, and they don't yeah. repent of sins. They don't preach anything about deliverance from demons. They say, go see Dr. Phil and take some psychotropic drugs, and they don't preach healing us for today. Brother, that's useless. What are they preaching? I'll tell you what they're preaching, folks. They're preaching damnable doctrines. Yep. I'll tell you what Jesus said, Matthew 16, 24. He said, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. They don't teach that we're to take up the cross of Jesus, Pastor Michael, anymore. No. Nope. And lose our life and lay it down. All they teach well, is... That sounds like work, Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm, I can't find that in that verse there. It doesn't say anything about having your best life now. It's talking about giving up your life for Jesus Christ who gave his life up for you and I on Calvary. And I'll say something else. They won't preach uh, t 1 Timothy 6, which says, oh. talk about the perverse disputings of men of, of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, because that's what they are, folks, on TV, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows." I know first-hand testimony of people that tuned into the prosperity pimps on television, and they were told, you can live your best life now. It's all about 
you know, you measure uh, you're closest to Jesus Christ by the amount of money in the bank account. And if you'll follow our 10-step program, you'll have a Mercedes, Ben. You'll be part of our Jubilee program. You have all your debt canceled. And there were people that uh, went through their system for two years and still didn't have the Mercedes Ben. And then they, yep. they turned to God and said, uh, you lied to me. And wait till yep. persecution comes, brother. Wait till persecution comes and the people who have been told that they're going to live their best life now might have to lay down their life for Jesus Christ. What do you think they're going to do? Hey, Shannon, write, write one of these ministries that, that, uh, that teaches about the, uh, uh, the seed faith. You know, that if you, if you sow a hundred, you know, God will give you a thousand. Why don't you ask them to send you a hundred so they can get the thousand? You think you'll ever hear from them? No, sir, you won't. You'll no, never, you won't hear you'll never get through. But why? Because they're not there to answer your phone calls anyway. They're on their, one of the three Learjets. Yeah. There's one, and it's got three of them parked at the Atlanta Hartsville Airport. And uh, they're down at the Bahamas vacationing on your money. Do you know, you know, folks, you know, I can have experience here, Pastor Michael. I was raised in this. I yeah. sat across the table from some of these men at eight years old. My father did this for years, and I used to yeah. get angry with my father. And he said, well, yeah. somebody's got to buy the airtime, and I, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Uh, just because someone's got to do it, you've got to be part of that. It's like uh, when it comes to voting time. Well, you've got to vote for someone. You might as well vote for the lesser of the two evils. You're still voting. No, no, no. You vote your conscience so you can live with yourself. Amen. Voting for the lesser of the two evils is still voting for evil. You betcha. We gotta have we gotta have uh we gotta take a stand, folks. We've gotta call evil evil. Yeah. And you know what? That's why judgment's coming on this nation and people are so unprepared because they're not being told what the ministry's about. It's about sacrifice for Jesus Christ. And you know, what they're preaching is not any of the, the the three parts of ministry that I read that we're supposed to be in, preaching the gospel to save men's souls, casting out demons, and healing the sick. Yeah. At any rate, uh, I thought I would... I, 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 I know, cents. Shannon, that there's some visitors, or not visitors, some people that are listening tonight that were real fans of Pastor Worley or are even fans of his today, uh, you know, more so than anybody else. And I want to let those people know, I let everybody know, that out of all the weaponry uh, that Pastor Worley discovered or that the Lord... You know, uncovered, help him uncover uh, to help in in deliverance. The most important aspect of the deliverance ministry, where where you'll get more results, have more results, and have and have things done, is this doctrine of binding and loosing. There's nothing you thought, bigger. It's the essential. You thought it was most important. Yep. It is. It is. And you know, I've talked to the demons, Pastor Michael, and I said, "How do you like yep. the keys to the kingdom that we carry?" They don't like it. Nope. They don't like it nope. because you can chain them with it. You can bind them. You can stop yep. their head in, in their tracks. And, and not only stop them, Shannon, that's a, that's, that's a good way to look at it. Not only stop them, but bring real help to God's people. Not not this pablum you know, that, that's being projected out there by so many. We bring real help to people. We, you know, again, we're not we're not giving somebody a fish. We're teaching them how to catch Moby Dick. <laughs> And he's out there, and he's got teeth, folks. <laughs> you betcha. You betcha he does. Uh-uh. And he might be in some of you called the Marshmallow Man. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. I hope I didn't offend anybody with the truth out there, but uh, I have seen the uh, the dark underbelly of so-called American Christianity, and it's uh, stench to God's nostril, folks. He's not blessing it. it. He's not blessing it. And, um, you know, a judgment is coming. People say, well, why is it that these people continue on? Why haven't they been, they've been struck down? 
Well, you know, there is a day of reckoning. I've heard one man say that the days of Ananias and Sapphira are coming back. And I don't think it's too far off, folks. But you know what? Um, you know, God himself will even send a strong delusion. And uh, what's that tell you? You know, he's going to make you get hot or cold. And uh, heaven forbid we sit on the, the fence anymore and straddle it. It's not the place to be. He'll spit us out of his mouth. So I think I think there's a lot of people wising up, and that's who we're going after, Pastor Michael. Uh, we're going after the people that are alert, that are awake, um, that are watching and praying, and that haven't went comatose on us out there. There's some people saying, hey, you know, I hear the message, but there's no power in my church. And that's true, folks. It's um, a lot of these churches are dead. But, you know, there are still people like Hagewish Baptist Church that are still preaching the truth and some other churches out there that um, they haven't compromised. So I tell you, it's just an honor to be be among some of those brothers like Pastor Michael Thier here tonight. Uh, You can go there, and they haven't been tainted by the, the puke coming out of the uh, most of the pulpits on the uh, the big screen. At any rate, I think I've said enough. <laughs> let, me, uh, let us take a break. And uh, but I'm not going to apologize for the truth, brother. Amen. I want to I want to apologize. Uh, there's some of you out there that know what I'm talking about tonight. Uh, at any rate, praise God. We're going to take a break here, five minute break, and then we're going to be back. And the lines are wide open uh, for prayer. If you're just tuning in, this program will be available in MP3 archives at the conclusion of the program. And uh, we'll be right back after this break. To talk with Omega Man, dial area code 917-889-2745 and press option 1 on your phone. To listen live to Omega Man Radio from your cell phone, dial 917-889-2745. From coast to coast and worldwide on the Internet, this is Omega Man Radio with Shannon Davis. I
888-627-4745 and press option 1 on your phone. To listen live to Omega Man Radio from your cell phone, dial 917-889-2745. From coast to coast and worldwide on the Internet, this is Omega Man Radio with Shannon Davis. And we're back. And uh, if you're just tuning in, this is a live program tonight. We're on the air every evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Saturday, and we started up a, a second channel, and we're having uh, new shows coming uh, each week at the 11 p.m. hour. We've got some great archives, had some uh, great programs this week, and this has been a great message tonight, and I hope that uh, you're enjoying it. Uh, we've got Pastor Michael Theron. He's the pastor of Hegwish Baptist Church in Highland, Indiana, website hbcdelivers.org. They're going to have a, a conference uh, coming up in about three weeks, uh, go to the website to get details on that. It'll be for the whole family. Uh, I've been to the conference before. Powerful time with the Lord. You'll make some great friends. You'll get some deliverance. Hear some great uh, speakers, and to have a, just a, a chance to um, really be part of the real family of God out there. People that are are really doing what Jesus did: casting out demons, preaching the gospel, and laying hands on the sick that they shall recover. Also, check out um, wrwpublications.com, probably the greatest deliverance bookstore in the world. It's got one of my favorite speakers, Wynn Worley. Get the Host of Hell series, fantastic. I'm reading the books now. I've completed book one and two. I'm reading number three, and uh, I've never seen this material before anywhere else. It is fantastic. You've got to get a hold of it if you want to get in the battle and get a head start. Well, praise the Lord. We're going to open up the phone lines, 917-889-2745. I see the lines lining up. And um, we go off the live stream at uh, 11 p.m. Eastern time in about 20 minutes. But if uh, you are on um, the line at that time, uh, we'll be able to continue on in the fourth hour and take your calls if anybody wants prayer. Also, if you'd like to listen to the program after we go off the stream, all you've got to do is dial in at the same number, 917-889-2745, and you can listen. As we're going to overtime, God bless everyone tonight. Uh, let's get Pastor Michael back on the phone. Pastor Michael, to have you back on board. Amen. Hey, Shannon. Hey, real Praise quick, God. you had mentioned at the end. You know, why does why does the Lord allow this? And you know, we don't we don't know the heart of the Lord. He he sees the eternal. You know, he can see around the corners where where we can just see straight. Um, and so he knows all those things that you know that uh, all the glory that that's going to come unto him out of these different situations. But but Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 8, Ecclesiastes 8, verse 11, he says, because sentence against an evil work is not um, uh, executed speedily, therefore the hearts of the Son of Men are fully set in them to do evil. And that's what happens, unfortunately, with, a, with even a lot of Christians. You know, they somebody hurts them, or, you know, they get hurt. You know, something happens, and so they pray, and, of course, they want an immediate response from God, you know, because if God really loved me, he'd, he'd you know, do this right away. But the Lord just doesn't do things in our time. He does them in his. Uh, but I thought Solomon, you know, you know, for to him to bring this out uh, the way he did, it says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is, full, is fully set in them to do evil. And they lose sight of the Lord. They just... You know, well, God, you don't, you don't love me because you. Well, you know, our Christianity, you know, the things that we're going to get from the Lord have to come from the Lord, 
and not from us manipulating him or strong arming him or you know having more faith like an arm wrestling match where you can arm wrestle God. You know, we just have to trust him at his word. But brothers and sisters, I can tell you, you know, along with that verse, um, let me pull it up. It's, it's going to be, um, oh, First Corinthians. Mm-mm-mm. Oh boy, First um, Corinthians. Mm, I think it's you know that brother um, and uh, also the Lord lets the meat and tares grow up side by side. At the end of the oh yeah, he's going to send the reaper angels to cut the uh, tares from the wheat, folks, and you will know them by their fruits. So how do we know? Are they casting out demons? Are you seeing the sick healed? Are they preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? If they're not doing that, then they're preaching another gospel. We just turn it off, change the channel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll find that verse. Excuse me. I'll find that verse. Brother, it's a waste of my time because yeah. that's uh, what Jesus did. And aren't we supposed to be replicating His ministry, doing the things that He did in greater? Yep. Yep. Uh, it's. Um, Absolutely. We uh, I talked to a gentleman today that consults for some of these organizations, and the organizations are saying, you know, what can we do new to get the people in? The reason they're not keep pulling new people in or they're not keeping them in is because there's no power in a lot of these churches. So they've got to come up with gimmicks. I say you get back to the, the roots and let the power of God start to fall. That'll bring people in just like that Welch revival did. Yeah, amen. Amen. Um, I'm sorry, it's 2 Thessalonians 1, uh, verse 6. Uh, this is another reason why, brothers and sisters, we don't have to send curses back upon people. Um, our battle's not with people. Our, our battle's with, with, with um, principals and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. Our battle's with demons now. In the Old Testament, you know, it might have been with people, you know, like David. He was a bloody man because he killed all of God's enemies. But our enemies today are not flesh and blood you know the witch that is praying against you needs salvation now you don't know if they're reprobate or not you know we we see paul who is out there persecuting christians or saul and and he he had some killed by the way not only did he have some thrown in jail but he had some he had some killed and you know to us that would be an evil guy uh yet who would know who could have ever thought that the apostle paul or that that saul would would become the apostle paul so so we don't know that that next witch that gets saved won't turn out to be an apostle paul so instead of cursing them instead of instead of rendering evil for evil uh as the scripture teaches us not to do uh we go to second thessalonians 1 6 and just know seeing it is a righteous thing with god to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. When somebody's bothering you, you know, you pray for them, you pray for your protection, and just know that, that if these people are out there to hurt you, see that it's, I, I love this verse. It is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. You can just sit back, brothers and sisters, and know that God has your back. You go out and, and beat the demons up, and you go out and, you know, don't worry about all these people out there praying against you. Pray for protection. Trust your, trust your prayers. Trust your faith. The Lord will protect you. If something gets through, it means you have a hole in your umbrella, and you'll want to plug that hole. The Lord actually let that through for a favor. You know, your, your curse was actually a blessing uh, in disguise because the Lord wanted to show you where you had a hole in your umbrella. You know, and then you fix that up, and it makes you a better Christian. So we can trust God to have our back. That was the point I wanted to make. Amen. Amen. He's going to protect our backs, folks.
for us to be able to do what he's asked us to do, we've got to have faith in that. And uh, he's going to supply our needs, and he's given us everything we need to overcome the works of the enemy. But it does require Amen. our action, so praise God. So if you need prayer tonight, we're going to open up the lines. Let's go to our first caller. Um, I'm not sure where this caller is calling from. The number's been muted. Uh, caller, you've been waiting for a while. How are you tonight? Shannon? There you go. It's Christopher. Hey, Christopher. How you doing, brother? Good. You, I think you tried to, might have tried to call me today, but didn't come through. But, uh, oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. Please, got uh, Christopher from San Diego? Yes. Okay, yes. yes. I know the one. How you doing, brother? God bless you. Good. I uh, appreciate you praying with me the other day, and uh, it's good to hear you, Pastor. Thank you. I, how are you tonight? Um, I'm doing all right. I'm hanging in there. I'm just, uh, you know, getting rid of these demons. And, uh, Amen. I thank, I thank God for that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He, he and, does uh, it bit by bit, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And uh, they're hitting me. They're hitting me. They're hitting me. Well, you ready to go? You ready to go around tonight? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, just uh, yeah, my they're just like pushing my anxiety through the roof. Like like there was cars driving around, and my dogs were howling, and it's just all these things happening to make me hang up the phone. I was like, I should just hang up. This is stupid. And it's like that's not that's not what I want to do. I want to I want to get delivered. You know, I want to do God's will. They should have some anxiety because they're fixing to be cast out in Jesus' name. <laughs> they, they're going to be homeless. Well, praise God. Amen. <laughs> we just bind Amen. a strong man in you right now, brother, and in myself and Pastor Michael. Amen. Amen. Father, in, Amen. Go ahead, Father, in Jesus' name, we do bind any demonic spirits that would try and transfer. Uh, we command that they cannot transfer, Father, and we stand in our faith uh, as as we now know that you are protecting us from any transference of spirits. Father, we pray that nothing can drop in from the heavenlies or there can be no kind of ungodly uh, influence in this deliverance tonight or any deliverance tonight that we're going to be doing uh, in Jesus Christ's name. And, uh, Christopher, since I'm not familiar, uh, Shannon's prayed with you before, uh, what are you looking for prayer for tonight? Um, I mean, well, I got a lot of issues, but right now I just have a lot of problems with sleep and just anxiety related stuff that I know is not of me. It's, it's just trying to take me down and they're, they're trying to attack me from different angles and, uh, just nervous, lazy fatigue. Don't, I try to read the word and it just like, it's blurry to me. And I was like, you know, I, I keep, hey, has this, uh, has this been going on for a long time or, or, you know, uh, is this something new that's been happening to you? Uh, lately more so, lately more so, just been getting worse, but, um, I've always had trouble kind of reading anyways, um, since I was young, but, um, but it's just more so. So, so were you, were you raised in the church then, or, or yeah. did you come yeah, to the Lord I, at a later age? Um, I grew up in Lutheran church, um, and gave my life to the Lord, and then, Later on, I went to an American Baptist. Ended up recently in a Pentecostal church. Uh, received the Holy Ghost, but there's still there's things missing. There was things missing. I knew that things weren't right in my life, and I loved the Lord, and I I kept doing the wrong things. And I looked back on my life, and I was like, God wants to use me. He wants to use me. He wants me to be clean. I have to clean things out of my life, all the garbage. And uh, and then I I got turned on to Omega Man through uh, Steve Quayle. And uh, that's kind of a few things right there. Yeah. Well, Christopher, uh, let me mention before we go into prayer, uh, War on the Saints, the book War on the Saints, covers uh -huh. this 
topic uh, extensively. It goes into a great amount of detail on how the spirits of, of passivity and um, uh, slackness, things like that, mm-hmm. work in the life of the believer. And uh, I'm not trying to push a book on you. Uh, you know, we carry it at WRW. But if if you, uh, Pastor Worley has also written on this. I'm definitely open called, to this. I want to get some of those guides and stuff. Well, I want all, that I, I want all that I can get. I want to. I want to get all. I want to go all the way, all the way, all the way. <laughs> well, all the way. amen, brother. But it's it, it's good to um, you know it's good to start off slow. Yeah. Um, you know, you can only you can only eat so many meals at one time. Uh, but that. one one of the meals you you should check into as you're battling this is a booklet from Pastor Worley called Slothfulness in the Camp because he he picks up on. Uh, what Evan Evan Roberts was writing about in the Welsh Revival, and then you know takes takes it further um, as he teaches on you know how these spirits of lethargy and things you know work in our lives. So you know you get a, you get a better handle on the enemy, you know, knowing something about him, uh, mm-hmm. and and also knowing that uh, he can be defeated in Jesus' name, uh, and you know it brings forth you know this truth will bring forth fruit unto righteousness in our lives. Uh, for the Lord, so you know it's a good thing to have to have a good hand on. Amen to that. Amen. And okay. uh, Christopher, uh, when you called in the last time, Lord gave you some victory. And I remember we uh, we were short on time, and so what we had done is uh, we put a lot of these demons into cages mm-hmm. to marinate them. Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to be happy, but you know what? They're probably going to be ready to come out too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's what we marinate them in Jesus' name. Put some pressure on them. Praise and uh, Pastor Michael, you want to uh, lead in prayer? Sure. Thank you. Sure. Well, f- follow in Jesus' name, Lord. Since Christopher's gotten prayer before and, and uh, knows some of the preliminary, preliminaries, Lord, uh, we just want to make sure that uh, uh, anything we do tonight, Father, would of course bring glory and honor uh, to Jesus Christ, that He'd receive all the victory, Father, and that You would humble us. Uh, and uh, Lord, we thank You that uh, You have poured the uh, the earthen, uh, the treasure of your word into earthen vessels as we are, Lord. And we want to we want to do the best we can to let our light shine uh, before you. And so as we pray for Christopher tonight, again, Lord, we command there can be no transference of spirits. And all those things that were caged up in an earlier deliverance, Lord, uh, if they're ready to come out, Father, if they're not ready to come out, we'll just continue to, to uh, chain them up and yes. torment them uh, until they are ready to come out. Uh, but for all those, Father, we ask we ask that uh, they would be uh, allowed to leave now in Jesus' name, or or Lord, in your sovereignty. Sovereignty, maybe you've already taken them out. Uh, but if they're still there, Father, uh, every spirit that's been binding uh, Christopher down, we now loose Christopher from this in Jesus' name by pronouncing and proclaiming the truth of your word into his life, Father. And um, we break every verse. Uh, we, we break every curse, vex. Hex, spell, jinx, psychic prayer, psychic thought, bewitchment, enchantment, spell, potion, voodoo, or incantation uh, from off Christopher right now in Jesus Christ's name. Father, we ask that you send forth your angels to retrieve any uh, parts of Christopher's Christopher's soul that has fragmented uh, in Jesus' name. Uh, We ask, Father, that those angels will retrieve those and put them back whole or put them back in in himself, Father, uh, in their proper place where they're supposed to be. Lord, we also confess any unconfessed sins uh, of Christopher's fathers, anything that has come down the family line, Father, uh, both mentally uh, or physically into his life. We break and cut and sever those 
from off my brothers tonight also in Jesus Christ's name. And every spirit of lethargy, Father, uh, every spirit of no hope that my brother is suffering through, uh, every spirit uh, that is that is lying to him and, and telling him that he's going to be like this the rest of his life, you come out of him right now in Jesus Christ's name. Let him go. You just come out of Christopher right now. He doesn't want you. He doesn't want anything to do with you. You got to go in Jesus Christ's name. Loose him. Let him go. Come on. Every spirit. Every spirit that's working here to try and deceive him, try and hurt him, hurt him. Every spirit that's trying to emasculate him. You get out of him right now in Jesus Christ's name. Loose him. Let him go. Move. Move. Every spirit that's trying to trying to make him into a girly man instead of a manly man. I rebuke you right now in Jesus Christ's name, and you get out of him. You get out of him right now in Jesus oh. Christ's name. Come on, every spirit, every spirit that's tormenting him and torturing no, him, no. Father, your word says to let them be confounded and put to shame that are seeking after our souls, to let them be turned back and brought to destruction that are devising our hurt. Father, let everything the demons have been putting upon Christopher come back upon themselves, Father, in Jesus Christ's name. We pray for a civil war, Father, on the inside, that these demons would start throwing out each other in Jesus Christ's name. Now loose them, let them go. Loose my brother and let him go right now in Jesus Christ's Jesus name. name. You got to go, demon. Your time's up. Move. Move. You, you've been caught, and now you're being taught. Get out right now in Jesus Christ's name. You've got to submit, demon. you got to submit, and you got to obey. Submit and obey. It's a new thing for you, demon. Try it. You'll like it. Move right now in Jesus Christ's name. Move. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. You get out of my brother. Get out of him. Get out of every inch of him right now. Get out of his mind. Get out of his will. Get out of his emotions. Every spirit that wears him down, every spirit uh, of Leviathan, or every spirit of laziness, slackness, slumberness, you get out of him right now in Jesus Christ. Lethargy. Lethargy. Get out. Oh, I'm just too dire to do everything. Move out. Move right now in Jesus Christ's name. Move. The Lord Jesus Christ will be The Lord Jesus Christ will be You got to go. You got to go. Move. No more Manifest power. No more authority, power. demon. We have the power. We have the authority. No. We use it against you right now in Jesus' Stop name. It. And get out. Just get out Stop right it. now in Jesus Christ's name. Move. Move out of him <laughs> no, right now no, in Jesus' not. name. You got to go. No. You got to go. Oh, I know. I've heard that line before, demon. No. Get out. Move. No. Move. Move. No. While you're le- just no. say it while you're leaving, no. demon. Just say it while you're leaving. Move out right now in Jesus' name. Move. <clears throat> you got to go. You got to go. Move. Move. He doesn't want you. You ain't nothing but a demon anyway. Just get out. Get out. We've been given a name that is above every name. That means you have to go, demon. You're fake. You're fake. You have to go You're in Jesus' fake. name. Move. You're Move fake. in Jesus' name. Move. Get out. Move. Don't even want to hear you, demon. You ain't got nothing to say. Move right now. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. Move. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. You got to go. You got to go. Get out of my brother. Father, all those spirits that came in in, in the religious uh, part of his life, Father, when he didn't know Jesus, uh, sitting in a church, uh, Lord, uh, any of that religious stuff uh, that came in that, that, that uh, many interpreted, uh, many interpreted patience as, as uh, weakness, Father, uh, or as passivity. Uh, Father, we ask that all these demons uh, that are going to be pulled out tonight, Father, we pray that right now uh, the fruit of the Spirit Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, goodness, temperance, and, and, and meekness, Father, would be his mainstay. Father, let, let, let these things push out, help push out the demonic that's on the inside, Father, uh, so that the things that the Lord uh, has for Christopher to do, uh, Lord, he'll be able to step up to the plate and do these. Father, every spirit that, dri- that drives uh, the demon's father to use this as an excuse, in Christopher's life, that, for, that he would use as an excuse uh, to not do things, we command you to get out right now. In Jesus Christ's name, move. 
Move out. Move right now in Jesus' name. You got to go, demon. You got to go. Move. The Lord Jesus Jesus Christ rebuke you, demon. The Lord Jesus Christ Move right now like a battering ram, demon. Like a battering ram. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. Move. Move out. Jesus move name. in Jesus' name. Move, D- demon. Just, just go. You know you need to. Oh, come on. You know, you know you need right, to. Just right, go right, right now right. in Jesus' name. Right. Move. We can move make a out. deal. We can make a deal. Move right now in Jesus' name. Yes, so I, I made, I made my deal with the Lord. I made oh. my deal with the Lord, demon. Get out. Get out right now in Jesus' name. Move. Move. Right. Just get out, demon. You gotta go right now in Jesus' name. Move. Move. Get out. Stupid God. Oh. No, you tell him that. Get out right now. In no, Jesus no, name. Go on. no. Just tell him that. Move. Go on, go on, demon. Get out right now in Jesus Christ's name. Move. Father, okay. we just ask you to send forth your angels to, to go on the inside and, and drag these things off, Father, in Jesus' name. Uh, Father, your word says, uh, do not hate those that hate thee, O Lord. Do not hate those that rise up against you. I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them my enemy. Get away. Get out right now in Jesus' name. Move. Move on, demon. Move. That's not fast. Get away, get away. That's not fast enough, demon. You got to go. You got to go. Listen, demon, I'm not interested. Get out right now in Jesus' name. I'm not interested. Just go in Jesus' name. Move. Fine. Move. 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 Play your games with somebody else, demon. Get out in Jesus' name. Move. What the hell Move out. Name. Come on, Move. Yeah. Move. Christopher doesn't want you, demon. Get out. He's not interested in your games. I'm not interested in him, so go. Go on. Move. Move. Get out right now in Jesus' name. I'll give you a big fish to go into or something. Move. You want a body? I'll give you a big fish or something. Move. In Jesus' name. Get out. Get out right now. In Jesus' name. Move. Get out of Christopher. Move. He doesn't want you. He doesn't want anything to do with you. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. You can't hide. Every spirit of passivity. Passivity of the mind. Passivity of the spirit. Passivity of the flesh. Get out right now. In Jesus Christ's name. Move. Every spirit of passivity. Loose them. Let them go. Every spirit of passivity. Move. Move. In Jesus' name. Move. Get out, demon. You ain't nothing. Weak. He's weak. Yeah, and that's when Jesus is strong. So get out right now in Jesus' name. Just, and so just get out in Jesus' name. Move. Demon, be weakened by the blood of Jesus. Amen. His name. Amen. I pour the blood Amen. of Jesus down your throat. That's right. Fill the blood. In Jesus' name. Oh. by it. Move. Move out, demon. Move out, demon, in Jesus' name. Move. I'm going to give you a one-way ticket to hell. Come out of him in Jesus' name. Let's go. Amen. I'm in agreement with Pastor Amen. Michael. We're seated with Jesus Christ yeah. in the highest place. Amen. That means... It's time to come out stop. right now. You guys got to stop this. Demon, look at the Lord Jesus Christ oh, right now. No. Where is he telling you to go? What? Father God, I ask what? that you would loose warrior angels with flaming swords dipped in the blood of Jesus to descend right now and stab this demon in uh, Jesus. You know. Sort it. Sort it. Attack. Oh, Attack. Jesus' name. Stupid. Get out of him right now in Jesus' name. Come on, demon. Move, you ain't nothing but a liar. You ain't nothing but a liar. Plus, you're nothing but a demon. It's you think about that, demon. Look it up. It's the truth. Well, get out in Jesus' name. I'm not asking you to affirm the truth. Get out. Right now in Jesus' name. Move. <clears throat> Move. You ain't nothing, demon. Just get out. He doesn't want you. He doesn't want anything to do with you. Go on. Right now in Jesus' name. Move. Demon, Move I'm in Jesus' name. Judgment Day. What's your name, foul spirit? You just got to go, demon. Jesus Christ and answer the question. Well, your time's up, demon. Get out right now in Jesus' name. Move right now in Jesus' name. Move. Got to go. Move. Answer fast move. up. Come on, in Jesus' name. That's right. Get out in Jesus' name. Go on. Move. You move. in Jesus' demon. Amen. Father, again, we just no. pray for these angels. Father. 
Be weakened in Jesus' name. They can stab him in Jesus' name. Move. Move. Make your way slippery. He's crazy. He's weakened in Jesus' name. Oh, he don't. Make their way slippery, Father, in Jesus' name. Move. Move. He's just a little Move out. kid. You gotta go. No. You gotta go, demon. You little kid. He Move don't out. Do it, our brother. Destroy He's him. Mental. Amen. Uh, Christopher, just rebuke him in your mind. Just rebuke him in your mind. Just tell him they have to go. You have the ultimate authority over him. You don't have to speak with your mouth, but just rebuke him in your mind as we're praying, and you'll have the ultimate authority. Now get out of him right now in Jesus' name. Move on. Get out right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Move. Move. You gotta go. Jesus gotta name. Go. In Jesus' name, go on, get out. Move. Move out. You gotta go, demon. What? In Jesus' Christ's name, get out. Move. I know you don't want to, demon, but I don't care what you want. So get out right now in Jesus' name. Jesus doesn't care what you want. I You're going to talk. I know you want to talk, and that's why you need to be quiet and get out in Jesus' name. Move. You ain't got nothing to say, demon. What?